Hello everyone, welcome back to Fast Travel Lounge. We are on episode 6. I am Patrick, I am joined by Seth, Steve, and wait, no Josh this week, what's happening? This is where you guys say something. <laughs> oh, isn't he on assignment? I thought he was like deep undercover in enemy lines. No, I, I think his Xbox just broke. <laughs> His sex box broke. I, I just assumed that he had to take a, a week out from recording because, you know, he had to schedule us around getting the President's men, uh, Medal from saving all those cancer-ridden orphans from the burning building. No, no, he, we were busy solving world hunger this time. Oh, was it world hunger this week? Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. I need to update my diary. Now, because he's teaming up with Elon for it. Um, they said they've got a lot of, they've got a lot of, like, doge or something. Oh, right, that, that would make more sense. Yeah. Uh, no, we actually we actually are missing Josh this week. He uh, couldn't make it. Um, we we took the poll a little bit too literally, where we, we threatened it a couple weeks ago, and apparently enough people made good on it that he he has been voted off for this week only. No, I'm kidding. He'll he'll, he'll be back. Um, he'll be back. The should be back on the next recording. He's just got a lot on his plate right now, so you're left with the three of us instead. Um, how have you guys been? Yeah, good. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, I'm on my second week of my new job now, and it's going pretty good. I'm um, I'm just on that grind, that wage slave grind set. The Sigma male grind. Aren't we all? Did you guys get your Spotify rap this year? Yeah. Santa, Santa, treat you nice. Yeah. Well, I don't really listen to a lot of music. I don't use Spotify, so no. What? What do you listen to instead, then? I just listen to podcasts. Our podcast. Yeah, but like through, through Spotify? Sick, sick no, shill, no, through but YouTube. that should still show up on Spotify. Oh, okay, you listen to our YouTube. Never mind. Was almost able to get the get the old Uno Reverso shill going, but no, fair enough because we are on YouTube. <laughs> what do you do if it's not like if you don't have any internet? Don't say what I think you're gonna say. I just watch TV or play games. <laughs> where we where we also are on channel ninety seven. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, but if you, yeah, whatever. People are different. No, can't be. It's what different? People. Like, I just thought that everybody used Spotify for podcast but you know what it's a brave new world out there no i use youtube and soundcloud it's it, it's it's a little unorthodox i'll admit uh i think that might have been a quick quote from a shrek film now that i think about um well, anyway and my stop coming and they don't stop coming. <laughs> yeah. in uh in my spotify wrapped um i don't know whether they count november december uh, i've seen some people say they do some people say that they don't but uh if let's let's say that november and december are in fact removed from spotify wrapped if you were to just ask me at any point over this year, hey, Patrick, what are you doing right now? You know, like 3 a.m., 6 p.m., uh, you know, 9 a.m. on a Monday, just any time. 20% shot that I'm listening to Spotify. Yeah, no, like, it's, uh, I'm the same. Like, Which, I don't know, it's just kind of weird to think about because it's, it's not like I'm I'm sitting there only listening to Spotify, but the fact that 20% of my year had Spotify involved in some way is, I don't know, kind of kind of cool. Kind of, kind of sad. <laughs> I can blame COVID lockdown for that, I guess. Maybe. Got to blame something though. Always blame COVID for everything. <laughs> <laughs> what was your most played song or artist? Uh, top song this year was Daylight by Joji and Diplo. Ah, choice. Nice song. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, had, <laughs> had to go through, had to go through a strict nominations process. Uh, kind of like the Grammys, you know, had to, had to pick out what I wanted my, my top 50 to be. And then there was a, there was a panel, um, Hashtag Patrick's rap so white, um, but no, we, we we got there. No, we decided on on daylight by Joji, and I think we made the right choice. No, it's good. That's good. Good. It's it's a song. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, some some would say it's a song. Some some would say yeah. that it's a good song. I would say that it's it's a good song. Anyway, enough about my Spotify wrapped. Uh, we will jump ahead to the news very quickly. Steve, what's the latest on your phone? Ah, uh, oh, I don't fucking talk about it. Oh. I'm just very angry. <laughs> uh, so, so I picked it up from Samsung. Um, they said, "No, nope, you've ruined your phone yourself, and it doesn't come into warranty." I'm like, "You guys are scam artists, and I hate you." So I got it back. Um, I thought they were going to charge me $65 as like an inspection fee, but they didn't. Um, and I was like, oh, all right, that's cool. So I told the down to the retailer um, that I bought it for. Um, and keep in mind, it's already been formatted, no SIM card. So that's fantastic. I mean, I had to go back to my Samsung S9 that lasts for about four hours before the battery's like, no. Nope. So I walked down, took it down. They're like, yeah, this looks like that you did it, big fella. And I'm like, uh, it, the hinge is fucked. How is it me? It's like, yeah, I don't know, man. It's I've never seen one like this before. Are you sure you didn't drop it? And I'm like, why would I drop it and then try to... Wouldn't the screen be cracked? I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever, man. Um, can you do the assessment? So they took my phone and it's going to be assessed. Um, it can take up to four weeks because of Chrissy. And then hopefully they replace it. Because I asked just for my money back. I'm like, just give me my money back. I literally put that money into another phone right now. You guys do not lose any money. And they're like, nah. I'm like rats. So it's off to get assessed. So you, while you were there, how many times do you hear Mariah Carey's hit? Yeah, song? that's what we all really want to know. I didn't think I hear it at all. But it's December already. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't hear Mariah Carey. I haven't heard that the that Wham Christmas song either. Um, but they do have uh, Easter bunnies at Woolworths at the moment. Um, that's countdown for you New Zealand listeners. Yeah, no, but for 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 Christmas, surely surely that's the Easter stock. I think they're just sort of bringing it out now. People will buy it. Are they are they from last Easter? I don't know. Hopefully not. Like Does if, chocolate go out of date? Uh like on on the order of years, I'm pretty sure. But if if you see a bunny, it's you know reduced to clear, expired, you know, May twenty twenty one. Maybe maybe uh stick clear of it. I don't know. I, I think um I think it depends on the quality, because there's some chocolate that you get and you buy it and then it just like, you know, one one month past when it's supposed to be used by and it gets that weird, like powdery uh, that weird powdery crap on the top of it uh, tastes yeah you're tastes right rough. yeah yeah it doesn't stop I'd me from eating it but like... but I it tastes rough <laughs> the trick is like to just well I'm sure like if you could like melt it down and make like a good hot chocolate and that's fine a good a good chocolate ganache I don't know what that is but yeah sure that sounds nice <laughs> <laughs> I also don't know what that is can you explain it sir Pat? Uh, it would take too long and I'm sure uh... <laughs> welcome back to the food podcast no I'm I'm sure. Uh... <laughs> People tuning in would be much more interested in what we have played this week, so we'll just do a quick round the lounge. Uh, oh, it's like a moose thing. I, I sorry, I quickly googled it. Um, it's like moose. I know what the ganache is. Yeah, cool. It's like moose, sort of. Um, but yeah, sorry. Anyway. And and on the back of looking up uh, foreign sounding desserts, what have you been up to this week, Steve? Um, so Halo Infinite finally came out um this morning, so I've put a couple of hours into that. Um, and but to finish it off, well, to, to sort of get there and get myself hyped for it, I've been playing Halo 5, so uh, definitely not the best Halo game. Um, I would say it's the worst. But yeah, we'll talk about that a bit later. Okay, and Seth, what about you? Uh, so directly after we finished uh, last week's recording, I went and played the uh, one of the sessions called the Dragon Ball The Breakers beta. Uh, I have some words about that. And uh, also last weekend, Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker came out for early access, and I played that all weekend. Alrighty, uh, I and obviously with Josh not here, we'll just assume that he's playing the game called Life. 
and that he might be winning. God, I hope he's winning. Do you think it's pay to win? Life? I reckon it probably is. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of microtransactions in that. Real kind of gacha mechanics, you know? Do you think they also charge a subscription? Yeah, there's that's that a good question. Rent. I... <laughs> yeah, rent, rent would be the obvious one. Well, then <laughs> yeah. what's the, the loot boxes in real life? Is it just sort of like buying discount bacon and not shitting yourself to death? Yeah, yeah. Surely surely it's just like the, the ambiguous meat packs you can get from supermarkets at, at ridiculously cheap prices. I think it's when you order from HelloFresh. <laughs> When you when you go grocery shopping on Wish. <laughs> Speaking of which, an- another potential sponsor for us, uh, uh, HelloFresh. Come on, we're we're just begging here. We really are. Anyway, let's move into what we've actually been playing. So, Steve, tell us about Halo. Tell us about Halo Five uh, in your in your lead up to Infinite and how you've been faring. Yeah, so Halo Five is quite different um, to the rest of the Halos. It takes more of a, a squad-based approach. Like it's you're in a squad of four, and that so it, you're not like a, a solo person up against the Covenant or the Flight of the Forerunners, like you are in the other ones. It's sort of like you're you're either in a blue team, which is the original uh, Spartan Two pro- program, and that's the Master Chief and three of his buddies, um, or for a new twist to the series, you uh, can play as uh, Spartan Jameson Locke, who is in charge of Team Osiris, which is one of the new, I think they're Mark IV Spartans. Uh, and it's essentially sort of, Master Chief sort of goes AWOL for a bit, looking for Cortana, because Cortana's gone rampant, and it's gotten lost by the Didact, which is like this forerunner thing at the end of 4. Uh, and then because he's gone AWOL and he's essentially uh, disobeying the, uh, the humanity type of thing, um, as... Jonathan Locke, you're always sort of playing catch-up and trying to find him. It sort of works, but it's not a Halo game. Like, it's it feels very far off pace. It feels very low stakes because, like, every time... Because depending on the way your health drops to zero, like, if it drops down to zero just from, like, normal gun gunfire, you sort of, like, drop, and then you can ask your teammates to revive you. And sometimes the AI teammates get there and sometimes they just sort of run headfirst into a grenade and it's like, oh, well, checkpoint again, it's fine. Um, but if you get like sticky with a grenade or like a rocket launcher type of thing, you just, you're, you're straight out. And that was semi-inconsistent. Like some parts said, like if you take, I think there was one time I took a point blank shotgun blast and then I sort of, because it's a full runner weapon, I sort of disintegrated. But, which means I don't get the revive, but before I'd taken the same shotgun blast like a couple of steps out and I just sort of dropped. So that was sort of, it just sort of feels like you can't really lose. Um, you've all, your teammates will always be there to help you. And even if you sort of just go into an environment and just sort of do nothing and hang behind a rock, they'll always be covering you and they'll eventually get there anyway. It's It sounds like it, it sounds like it's suffering from that generation's fascination of uh, online co-op shooters. Like a lot of games, uh, in 7th gen were doing that. Yeah, you can definitely tell that was sort of... It's a, unfortunately a sign of the times. Uh, and it might have worked if I had four buddies to go with. Um, but then at the same time, I don't really think it would because the levels are like pretty short. Um, I think I finished the campaign in like six or seven hours. Like I was playing on medium difficulty to be fair. So I I did just breeze through it and only died when I was just fucking around or doing shit mistakes. Yeah, um, I've seen people play through that game and just sprint past encounters completely. Yeah, and, that, and that's another big thing it suffers from as well. There's no, like, you can literally run past a good 
60% of encounters. It's like simply because it's just like, okay, you've got to go from point A to point B. There are some levels where, yeah, like, it's like, I'll clear the area. And then that just literally just feels like padding. Uh, and then if you don't want to, and then, especially in the, the levels where you get like vehicles as well, you can literally skip past majority of the courses. Uh, that sort of just feels like it's a bit, yeah, it just doesn't feel very Halo. It doesn't feel like you're one Spartan against the world or the universe. It just feels like you're a team sort of playing catch up. And the story's pretty shit, as I said. Like, it doesn't, it feels like very out of place. It's it's funny you say it feels like your team's playing catch up because I kind of think that Halo was Halo was a trendsetter when it came out and now Halo Five and a little bit of Halo Infinite feels like they're chasing trends now. Like so Halo Five had that whole it was late to the seventh gen co op party and now Halo Infinite feels like it's a little late to the uh, the Ubisoft style open world sort of uh, design. Yeah, well, 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 let's get into that. Let's get into Halo Infinite. I've played, uh, like, I played a bit this morning before work, then a bit after work. So I played for about three or four hours. I've just gotten to the open world part. Um, it doesn't feel like it suffers from that um, Ubisoft open world shit, where it's like you have to climb this tower to free everything, to sort of mark everything in your map, and then you go down there just to do the same thing infinitely. Ha, um, nice. Ironically, good, maybe good, that's, good pun yeah, on the title there. Called, yeah, yeah, ironically. But it does sort of suffer from that. All right, um, you've got six points on your map. You go there, you kill six enemies. All right, the part in the map is yours. It does suffer from that. But also keep in mind that I haven't played it. I'd like, because the open world part comes probably about three or four hours into the campaign. So like fairly after a while. And then I get the feeling it sort of will pad it out. Am I a fan of the open world thing in Halo? Probably not. Um, I don't really like it as a concept. Halo, for better or for worse, is a very corridory type of shooter that was, like, as you said, it was defining of its generation when it came out. And Halo 2, the best in the series, and Halo 3, ODST, Reach, all in that same vein, all very good. But maybe it'll grow on me. Like, they do, like, the grappling hook um, in single player is just has like a cooldown so when you're in multiplayer the there's like different power-ups you can get and i think the grapple hook has like five uses and then it's out yeah something like that and it's also a cooldown between uses yeah yeah where it is in the single player campaign it just has like a cooldown um which is quite good you can use it quite effectively like it's because i'm like because the, the way the the ai is not sort of that smart, so it never really gets out of the way <laughs> when you're grappling them, so you just go straight towards them and just keep shooting them, and it's fine. It's still odd that, like, even the idea of taking it into an open world, I mean, not, not only because, as you said, it's more of a, a corridor-based shooter, but also just because I can't really think of what an open world would do that would give it an advantage over a curated... Like, you, you could have, like you know, mid-mission and open area and then take out the objective in a variety of different ways or whatever. But that's that's still like a curated large game area rather than just open world for open world's sake. I'm, yeah, I'd be interested when you have played a bit more of it to get your thoughts as to whether that was worthwhile. Because I think, uh, particularly with other open world games that have come out recently, um, <laughs> re remakes aside, looking at you, Rockstar, that the open world games have just been a bit lackluster and I feel like something that's been, well, sorry, aside from Forza Horizon 5, but I, I feel like the, the general thing of we will give players what they want and just make it open world has sort of been biting publishers in the ass a bit. I think, yeah, and it comes down to that thing is like, 
are they doing open world because it suits the game or are they doing open world so they can sh- shove in the same four or five quests in a small area yeah you do the same thing and it pads it out so a 20 hour game uh it's just story with just story content is fine but or if you can get 80 hours of content by having all these fortresses or or lookout towers to climb and to hook up with that sort of pads out the game and that sort of do you have to do you have to trail a a, um, a covenant group before you assassinate them you know true ubisoft style no not that i've seen not oh god i, I fucking not like i i'm desperate because i've seen a couple of things online like the reviews dropped like at two days like on when on tuesday or wednesday whatever it was and i read one of them um and i sort of did get spoiled but that's fine like it's no real surprises but i'm just sort of surprised they went with the open world i honestly thought it would be like a that sort of thing you're talking before like it's an open area you got three or four different ways to complete the objective it's fine but then at the end of the day i'm i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying what i played so far if the open world stuff sort of does get on like is it very disappointing i'll i'll flag it to our eager listeners but then at the same time like Depending on how they do it, I've still got to play it, and it's probably a bit unfair of me to be criticizing the open world, but I haven't even played it myself. But depending on how they do it, will probably impact um, my love or hate for the game. Like, I'm, I'm a very big fan of one, two, three, region ODST, four, sort of the same, five, no. But they all, they're all great corridor shooters that are like in, in sort of open environments type of thing. But if they go through this open world and they jam it through a all the the ubisoft type of just padding the game it's not going to be very good i yeah, i feel I, like um oh sorry you go Steph. i'll go after i was gonna say i'd be really disappointed if like the the open world does feel like that because uh the doom games there that have been coming out have proven that there's still a market for very curated linear level shooters that just get your adrenaline pumping throughout the uh, throughout the levels yeah so well I haven't played it, but from what I've heard, uh, 2016 Doom and Doom Eternal, like, did that perfectly, and they sort of, like, redefined that sort of, for the modern era, and I thought maybe that's what Halo would take advantage of, but maybe they're already too far down the, they took the, uh, open world Kool-Aid. <laughs> the Ubisoft pill. Ubisoft really, really, uh, tainted the well, didn't they? Yeah, it's, but then, like, but... They, they set a trend because I think it was like what Far Cry Two, and and the Assassin's Creed series. Yeah, Far Cry, Far Cry Two into, into Assassin's Creed One was I think what really kind of sold yeah. um, the playstyle of an open world game. And they, those were different at the time, and it was great. But nothing's changed since. Well, yeah, well, I mean, it's also funny that like I mean, here we are getting off topic. <laughs> Classic us. <laughs> but Assassin's Creed One uh, actually doesn't hold up very well as a game uh, because that was two thousand seven ish, and at the time, you know. Great, very, very technically advanced, a whole bunch of new gameplay concepts introduced, all that sort of stuff. But uh, when you look back on it, most of the quests were like three three variants of the same basic mm. premise. And then it was just yeah. a bunch of different maps that you existed in. Yeah, it was. They, they just had um, eavesdrop on some people to hear something, tail these people to hear something. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, very uh, diverse in what it was doing, but it was very proof of concept. And I feel like... The, they peaked when they hit Assassin's Creed 2 and Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Yep. And also with Far Cry uh, 2 and Far Cry 3, I think that was... Uh, maybe Far Cry 3 a little bit more than Far Cry 2, because Far Cry 2 was very sort of expansive for expansive sake. 
Like you, you could you could drive for a while, and you're just you're just eating distance. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're driving, but but it was sort of like, and the same thing can sort of be said of Morrowind at the same time with these Elder Scrolls games. They were pushing the genre. They were pushing to to see what they can do. Everybody loved them. They were revolutionary at the time, but the, there has been no innovation since. Like I, I feel bit... like that's not a great comparison, though. Like I, I sort of see what you're getting at, but I feel like something like Morrowind or just even the, the Elder Scrolls RPGs in general, they're sort of set up to be that kind of sandbox that you play in. Like Assassin's Creed had a story. So as soon as you introduce an open world, you need to introduce that open world in service to the story. Saints Row had a story. It's an open world and it's full of dumb shit you can go and do for several hours, but it still has a story you need to go and do. Technically, Elder Scrolls has a story, but I sunk, I don't know, 100 plus hours into Oblivion, never touched the story, <laughs> which came back to bite me in the ass when I when I overleveled myself. But I, I feel like all of the all of the premise of uh, like Halo, Halo 1 wasn't just a great game because of the gameplay. It was a great game because of what the story was you were just kind of this faceless unit and you had an objective to go and do and it just happened that there were a whole bunch of corridors in your way i know that you know since it swapped developers hands and things that that premise has changed a little bit since but i yeah i think i think there there is a difference between when you're a publisher and you decide or a developer and, and you decide yeah we want an open world or yeah we want to really focus and, and nail down the story yeah, uh, maybe it was an unfair comparison. Because, um, yeah, those are open world games first and story games second. But, but yeah, so too long, didn't read. <laughs> I'm enjoying it so far. Let's see how we go. Yeah, <laughs> see how we go. I'm, I'm surprised we had this entire open world discussion and uh, didn't bring up Breath of the Wild once. I love Breath of the Wild's open world. Um, Let's leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also actually like Breath of the Wild's open world quite a lot. My favorite part is when you swing your sword five times and it breaks. <laughs> I mean, that's that's not a problem with the open world. That's a problem with the, I'm, I'm, the weapon design, which is very bad. I'm sorry, Steve. Do you have a problem? Do you have a problem with revolutionary gameplay design? Yes. Think of how many games you can swing swords and they don't break. Okay, Nintendo wanted to do something different. But then, like, if your sword breaks and you've got none left. <laughs> but it's not a new mechanic. Dark Souls does it too. Mmm... <laughs> And to a lesser extent, the Fallout series as well. So, I actually, now that you touch on that one, Dark Souls, I am less familiar with than Bloodborne. Would you consider Bloodborne to be an open world game? No. Nah, nah. It's more Metroidvania-ish. It's more circular. Circular. Nuclear. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of um interconnected li- linear levels. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I think it's interesting, though, in that uh, there are some games, like... Ooh, I... I think there are games with hub worlds that are open world. Like even even bloody um, Pokemon X and Y had uh, that city that was basically just Paris. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, Lumio City. Yeah, that 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 was like a hub world that was that was almost an open world. Like I wouldn't call that a hub world. I'd say that's a central town. <laughs> They're like splitting hairs a bit, but it's it's interesting that it's kind of like here here are all these different examples of the same thing. Of here's just this expanse. Go and do something. And the way that you approach it would be different from player to player. But it's interesting that you, you kind of have a sense of what an open world game is, but you can't, it's sort of kind of hard to define almost. Yeah, like I would I would almost say there are parts of Borderlands 3 that are open world. <clears throat> oh, excuse me, that, that, that are open world. There are levels that are very linear. There are a lot of levels that are very linear, but it's, I, I think it strays the line of being an open world game because there are so many places where, 
they have all the hallmarks of an open world game. Is it an open world game with corridor shooting parts? Kind of, yeah. Like, yeah, because like I played the... two in pre-sequel. Yeah, well, like it's it'd be like two, right? When you go to the dust, yeah, and and it's kind of like here's this yeah. big world. You can go and or not even just the dust. There are like several places that it's like here's this big world. There's a bunch of discovery to do. There's a bunch of side quests to do. Um, it's it's basically an open world, but you wouldn't call Borderlands an open world game. You'd say that it has open world elements. I feel like we're getting horrendously off topic now, but it's it's sort of interesting. It starts into splitting hairs between what's an open world and what's a sandbox. Yeah, maybe maybe that's yeah, good point. That that's yeah. probably a good way of summing up my thoughts. So uh, is sorry, just my last thought because I thought of it. I have to say it now. Is City Skylines an open world game? <laughs> I don't know what that game is. Uh, city think think of Sim City, but better. Yeah. Oh. No, it's a sim game then. A town builder. Alright, play on. Yeah, alright. But with open... Okay, look good. So, Too Long didn't read. Play, in- play Halo Infinite. If you got Game Pass, you live in the dream. Because um, it's out on Game Pass Day 1. The multiplayer is for free. Go play that. The Battle Pass, they're sort of fixing up. Um, so, you can get uh, XP points quite easily now. Yeah, it was it was so tedious the first time. Oh, God. And 50 XP per slowly. game. Yeah, they're, they're sort of yeah. fixing it. Um it, but it I wasn't just, even 50 XP per game originally. It was like oh, that's right. It was, yeah, it was nothing first, per game. And then yeah, two, right. and then five. Oh, yeah. so one of those, like, come and play and get your first win. And then that's really the only game you have an incentive to play because yeah. the rest is just you, like, walking over hot coals for the remaining time that you're playing. Yeah, and then they eventually make... they After that, like, initial day, they're like, okay, okay, we'll make it every game is worth 50 XP. <laughs> and that's like, okay, that's that's a bit better. And now I think they're doing it a little bit more, like incentivizing more than that. So it's it's 300, 300 for your first game, 200 for games two, three, four, That's 100 it. for your fifth game, and then 50 for your sixth game. So really, there's no point playing more than six games a day <laughs> yeah. um, unless you've got the premium battle pass. So which is just... A, so I, I usually put in like two or three games a day, get the shits because I get put with absolute fucking starfish, <laughs> play the fucking objective people... Don't just not everything slayer. If it's oddball, hold the fucking ball. No, no, but that's the problem with the um battle pass system is that it incentivizes not playing the objective. Yeah, because like you've got to meet your fucking challenges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you've God, got to meet I your challenges, it. and it's like, oh, I do like kill a certain amount of players on warthogs and destroy a certain amount of vehicles. It's like, well, we're about to hit our objective, and this is like the first time I've seen this map that has a warthog. I got to try and extend yeah. it out as long as I can. Yeah, let me just go. Let me just go destroy the warthog real quick. Like fing- finger on the on the winning button. But my challenge is to win one quick play match, and I haven't won a quick play match in like six matches. So I'm literally. Um, uh, anyway, long too long didn't read play Halo. Too long didn't read part three. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. That's that's interesting. So I actually want to segue off of that just because um, in Forza, uh, random Patrick ramblings moment here. Welcome back. Um, they also, it's kind of, <laughs> God, here we're going to split hairs again. It's not a battle pass. It has battle pass elements. <laughs> so if you... So it's a battle pass. <laughs> but but not. So it's like every week you have a bunch of shit that you can do that if you don't get it done by the end of the week, it goes. And if you do enough of it, it'll give you a car. And if you do all of it, it'll give you another car. That's that's the, the TLDR of it. And, you know, there are some other stuff that you do that, you know, you do this championship do this stunt whatever it'll give you a car it'll give you a horn it'll give you something something that makes it worthwhile to play but uh there's there's always there's always a couple things in there uh one is 
you need to matchmake with other humans already off to a bad start to beat unbeatable driver tars. Awesome. Cool. What they did for last week's one was they, they removed the performance limits on cars. So they just said you can only drive a list of, I think, five cars, but it doesn't matter how wildly you spec them. So in the same thing that you go and matchmake in, you could have someone that drives a D-class car with a top speed of like 150 and, and looks straight out of the 1960s. Uh, and someone would rock up with an X-class car, which, you know, is capable of hitting 400. And the the annoying part of it is that, I mean, you, you say starfish. Someone told me, like, you know, pet rock, and that that's the term I use for people. But you have to go and collect a bunch of pet rocks and drag them over the line ahead of all the driver tars. And boy, there's this amazing correlation, probably just like in real life, where people with fast cars can't fucking drive. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah. amazing. It's so so the problem is you'll match make and you'll get you get in a game with, with five other people, five other humans, and you all have the same objective. You're all on the same team. There's no like you finishing ahead of another human doesn't mean shit. You just have to beat the AI. But my god, the driver tars that get matched against the human so if if let's say everyone picks the same class of car, all the driver tars will be the same class. They they match you with that and then they just make the driver tar difficulty unbeatable. But if you get into like a mixed lobby where like I'll drive, let's say an S2 or an S1 and then some jackass will show up in an X class, which is just, you know, a couple hundred horsepower more than mine and lighter and just everything. It's just, you know, a better car than mine. And I will finish in front of him, but I can't beat an X rated driver tar. <laughs> like that's just out of the question. So is this like a, a, a pornographic thing if it's X rated? Like what's the, what's the deal with that? <laughs> It's just so like the the way that the way that Forza measures performance is the the points go from um, anything below I think five hundred maybe six hundred is a D class and then goes up in hundreds and then you go to nine nine eight like nine hundred ninety eight points is is the top of S two and that's kind of where the game thinks that it could reasonably balance you against other driver tars and other players and stuff and then if you put any more performance points in the car it just goes nine 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 X class and then X is just like open season ah shit. So it's just like a, a the supercars, like mega supercars, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like you you want to you want to rock up in your four hundred and eighty kilometer an hour Koenigsegg, go for it. That's an X class race for you, buddy. Um, but the thing is, if you're if you're not in that category, it's real hard to beat unbeatable driver tars that are in that category. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so the only the, the only way that I managed to get the pet rocks over the line was by getting enough of them to quit that eventually that's just down to like me and some other guy and because you because there's now two humans to six driver tars you could just earn proportionally more points and then it's easier to win but man i i know the starfish problem i have experienced it it's it's awful <laughs> i was hoping you'd say that you managed to do it by just getting behind the uh the pet rocks and driving up their ass to push them ahead i actually do the opposite so uh it so happens that I guess I'm rather good at Forza in that I'm usually in the top three or so. And so if I can get in front of enough driver tars, I'll just start like wide assing my way to slow them down, like just constantly sitting in front of them and just breaking just ever so slightly and just keeping them behind me. And then all the other humans go past. And so I'll start, you know, first, finish, sixth. But if I can get a block of people in front of a block of driver tars, we win. So I'm doing the Lord's work on the Forza Horizon servers, and for anyone that's played with me, you're welcome because you didn't deserve that without my help, you cretin. Did you back <sighs> from carrying? 
Oh, it absolutely does. The other one, which um much easier to talk about, is that the PvP also gives you a reward every week. And is that so? Is, is that that battle royale thing they've got that I've heard? So uh, no, no, no. So, so that's eliminated. That um, if you just finish above thirty, they they give you they give you a prize. That that ah uh, okay. I think is generally fairly well balanced because if you don't get it the first time, you know you can kind of cheese your way into the top thirty. Like there's only fifty that start. It's not super hard to obtain. Um, but no, the PvP is like the playground games where they split you into two teams, and then you just have to battle it out. And there'll always be someone on one team that just knows what they're doing more than everyone else. But only recently, and I say recently as in maybe a year ago, but at least through Horizon 3 and Horizon 4, they didn't give you a prize unless you won PvP, which meant that in a best of five, you had to win three games. That sucked. (laughs) It sucked for a whole number of reasons. And it got to the point where if you lost the first round, half your team would just give up and they'd just quit oh, and then matchmake again. Which meant that it was now impossible for you to win. Yeah. Uh, which which also meant that if you won the first game, half the enemy team would quit and then you were basically guaranteed the victory. But only recently, I don't know how it took them this long, they decided if you finish PvP, you get the prize. I'm, I'm normally not a big participation trophy guy, but that seemed like such a no-brainer change. Yeah. Like, you, you winning quick play versus you just playing a quick play match seems like a no-brainer change to me. Because either way, you're, you're, you're back playing Halo every day. That's what they want. Yeah, I think um, I think that mission is specifically for, like, the Battle Pass progression uh, challenges rather than just come and play the game sort of challenge. Because just playing in quick play will give you XP anyway. Yeah, it's just, it's it's funny. It's just, like, artificial difficulty. Which is weird because Forza Horizon is, like, a 90% co-op game. But, man, it just... It hurts <laughs> every week. It's just like time to play with other humans. Can't wait to lose several brain cells trying to drive in front of them for the next twenty minutes. So it's Forza Horizon Five, the Dark Souls of car racing games. <laughs> uh, the, to, to the people that find their way into my lobbies, you make me wish it wasn't, <laughs> but it feels like it is. Just just for you, I'm looking at you. You're the guy that that sees that you're racing with Pancake Rivet. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you notice that you're finishing in like 10th each race? I notice. Because I have to do that thing multiple times just to get my little car prize and go on with my day. So thank you for that, you dick. The simplest way to get over this is to just not care. Well, not play. <laughs> just, not, just go play Halo Infinite. <laughs> nah, some, of the, some of the prizes are pretty good, though, which is which is the problem. It's just like, you, you want it. And weirdly, I think other people on your team also want it. It's just weird that other people on your team that also want it suck at the game. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, welcome. <laughs> Thus ends another episode of Patrick's Rants. <laughs> welcome back to Fast Travel Lounge. <laughs> well, speaking of um, absolutely brain dead people that don't know how to play games, uh, Dragon Ball The Breakers. <laughs> oh yeah, let's get into that. Uh, so it's a seven-player match. I think it was. I play. Let's, okay, so let's uh, let's start off with um at, on the weekend. Basically, over a two-day period, there was uh, four sessions that were three hours long each for the beta. I only played one of those uh, sessions because um, they were all at inconvenient times for me. Um, So the game split up into there's six or seven survivors and there's one person that's uh, a Dragon Ball villain. In this case for the beta, it was Cell. And uh, uh, the survivors kind of need to work together to to win their uh, objective. And 
it's super hard to do that. <laughs> uh, there's there's so much against you uh, to try and win as a, as a survivor. And I'm not sure if it, Dead by Daylight is a similar way in that it feels like an impossible uphill challenge to win. But it felt really impossible in this game uh, because there's so many little things you got to work towards to win and they all suck. Is it is it bad that I saw the trailer for that and just assumed that it was a game mode within Fortnite? No, not really. Because I like if if you if you showed me the trailer for Dragon Ball the Breakers and then said this is coming to Fortnite, I would have just said, oh, okay, cool, that makes sense. <laughs> like it's it's such a similar kind of graphical style. Yeah, it's uh it's a lot like uh, I think it's supposed to be the Xenoverse style for this. Yeah, it definitely definitely looks like it's a Xenoverse style. Because I th- I think the story is also an offshoot from the Xenoverse games as well. So what sort of things do you have to work towards? Like, uh, okay, so you know. Think about how dumb the average person is, and then realize that's average, and that fifty percent below that. So, what does what what does the the fifty percent like half half smooth brain man have to do to beat Cell? Okay, so the map is broken up into six quadrants. There's A, B, C, D, E, and Z. Z is where your ultimate goal is going to end up being. The um. Why do I feel like that's not the alphabet? <laughs> yeah, no, it uh. Aren't they just code variants? <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to say it, but it occurred to me, yeah. <laughs> Stay away from Delta. A through to E all have um keys in them and uh, and places to put the keys scattered throughout them. So each of the survivors need to make it to each of the zones and uh, um grab a key and put them into where they're meant to go. And once all five keys are placed, uh, it opens up a... Uh, it opens up a time machine in the center of the Z area, and uh, all the survivors have to work together to try and uh, turn on the time machine, or the uh, cell in this case has to destroy it. And it's uh, it's a lot easier for cell to destroy it than it is for the survivors to bring it together. <laughs> um, the ways that uh, will help the survivors do this is that as you're going along, you'll um gather what's called um change power. And the higher level that you, the higher level change power you get, the uh, more powerful you become when you change into a Dragon Ball character. Uh, so for my setup, I had when I get to level one, I'll turn into Yamcha. At level two, I'll turn into Vegeta, and at level three, I'll turn into Goku. <laughs> Classic Goku Bros. V one. <laughs> I, I I'll get into why I was Goku later. What color hair, Goku? Uh it it puts a wig on. Uh, of uh, his black hair. Fuck, that's disappointing. Yeah, I, I was on board until you said that. Yeah. Ugh. Wait, so is it just like animation of them putting on a wig? Sorry, I... no, no. You just you just transform <laughs> into them. Like you just quickly pop. Oh my god. You just quickly pop into their uh, that character's costume and hairstyle, but it's still your face underneath. Weird, but continue. I I never got I never got above arm at change power one. It seems really hard to get higher than that with the arm. Um, with the amount of time that was in the beta. I've seen people get to change power 2, and, like, once I saw someone get to change power 3. You heard rumours of Super Saiyan 3? Yeah, I've heard rumours of it. (laughs) Had to go see for yourself. The change power is important because, depending on what grade Cell is at, uh, you can fight back against him uh, easily or harder. So, if he's at level 0, then you at base form will be able to fight against him. If he's at level 1, then you need to be in change power 1 to do significant damage and blocking to him. Um, 
a fun thing that happened at one of the end of my games was that uh, it was down to me and one other person. The cell was just hovering over the person that I was going to try and revive. <laughs> and so I, I tried for a little bit and I turned into my Yamcha, which does jack shit against him. And he just <laughs> kind of swatted me away, but he tried to chase after me after I, um, uh, but I somehow managed to lose him for like five seconds. <laughs> so I went over to my partner and started reviving them. But then the cell just comes back and just starts staring at me, <laughs> like just menacingly standing there. So, so I, I just, I just left myself to my fate. I stopped reviving my partner, walked up to him, and tried to punch him. And the funniest thing happens where your character will punch them, but they a cell just no cells it. Like when Hercule punched it, uh, Android eighteen, he just absorbs the absorbs the punch and just stands there <laughs> staring at you. It was a it it was a very fun ex- encounter there. But did you win? Ah uh, no, he he killed me in one sh- in one swat. <laughs> oh Jesus! So it was close. Yeah, it was close though. That's true to form for Yamcha, but like, <laughs> <laughs> just just properly role playing. <laughs> I was back to normal at that point, so it was just my character. Oh, uh, even worse. Yeah. Uh, so like other, I'm pretty sure the other games they generally have a way of, you know, like obviously it's easiest if everyone's alive, but it it is still. It's still feasible that you could win if you if you weaken them all and there's only one or two two of you left alive. But it seems like either everyone stays alive or you all die. Is that kind of that feels like what's uh, going to happen? Because I think what they're aiming for is that uh, when the time machine comes up, you need someone with the change power equal to cells so that they can hold him off while everyone else groups around the time machine and powers it up because it goes absurdly slow if you're by yourself, but it goes much faster if multiple people are. Uh, trying to turn it on. That just seems like weird game design because the the whole yeah, <laughs> like I I get the whole asymmetric you know work together to f- defeat the common enemy, but like you're you're being held you're being held to ransom by the people that you're with, and it's not even like because Dead by Daylight I think is four v one. Prey I'm pretty sure was also four v one or Evolve or whatever the hell you know the the other one was yeah, and this that is really kind of started that yeah and then and then they just go no no we need we need more people to just be upset at one another yeah and what makes it even easier for the cell to win is that uh once he hits level is that he just has a gun no <laughs> I mean yes he just he just nine millimeters you and there's nothing you just you just have to he take does it. because every time he levels up he can destroy a zone shrinking the map size what. What happens with uh with that is that once a zone is destroyed, the key there doesn't matter anymore, whether it's uh it's acquired or not. That that zone's just taken out. It doesn't matter anymore. So what's the? I, I don't. Th- yeah, I I, I, I feel like I, I can't fucking I, get it. Yeah, I I I feel like you're doing your best to describe it, but it just like the the way that the the way that this is phrased seems like just weird game decision after a weird game decision, and we're just left with this weird six b one free for all where. <laughs> just like whose line is it anyway the the the, the scores are made up and the points don't matter <laughs> i think i think the idea is meant to be that cell can destroy that it's destroy an area so it brings down his like area of search uh but in doing so he brings the key limit down from five to four then four to three so he, he he's making it less work for the survivors but at the same time, making it less area, he's got to search for those survivors. And if anyone's caught in those zones, then they're brought back to uh, the center of the map as well. So they don't even die when he shrinks the zone? I think they go down to one uh, one HP. 
it it happened to me once and I can't remember exactly what happened. I think <laughs> I might have died. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, no, this this was like this, this was a while ago. I think I think you There was a shiny back, green man staring at me. You either go back there at very low health or you go back there and you're downed and someone needs to revive you. Because um everyone gets one revive as well was another thing. See that that's also weird that you only revive each other once. It is also extremely slow to revive people. You need multiple people over you to revive at a good pace. Oh, oh okay. So it's basically just mob rule versus cell. Yeah. Are you enjoying? Okay. Are, are you enjoying it though? Did you have a good time with it? I did have a good time. Uh, okay. So playing playing as cell, just wrecking people. I assume. Yeah, playing uh, uh, even as a survivor, yeah. you have some fun tools. Like one of the things I liked doing was um, because I had Vegeta on my second slot, I could call down the Saiyan pods to come land in front of me. It has an area of effect so that if Cell comes near me, he gets knocked back, and then I just jump into it and go. I uh, can uh, quick travel to any point in the map. So that that was a fun ability to have. You also get a grapple hook. Oh, of course you do. <laughs> Wonder where they got that idea from. The thing I wanted to mention before about <laughs> things being absurdly easy for Cell, he has a he has an, the ability to sense key. So you can stand over a zone of the map, hit uh, right on the D-pad, and just spin your camera around until you see some blue flames to see where other players are, and just head straight to their direction. Or just blow up the the zone that they're in, and then they come to you. Uh yeah, you could you could also do that, but um, I find it uh, you. I think it's more incentivized to go towards them because if you knock them down and then finish them off, then you uh, work towards leveling up a lot easier. So you're going to spend money for it when it comes out or you just got to wait for a deep, deep sale or are you just going to see if any of the boys are playing it? If it comes out for 80 Australian, I think it's worth it at that point price point. 80 Australian dollars? 80 bucks? Yeah. I think if it's if I think if it's around eighty Australian, I'll I'd get it. Right. So so you're gonna pay eighty. You're gonna play eighty Australian bucks. Where every time you go into a match, a seventh of them you'll have a good time, and the other six you just go, wow, humanity really does just suck. I I had a good time <laughs> either way. It's just it feels like an impossibility to win as a survivor, but um I think that also has something to do with the really bad translation and really bad tutorial in this beta that uh, if once they sort them out in a full release it could be a lot a lot more fun do you reckon it'll have a story mode uh i believe it will ah wild will you play as cell or a survivor in the story i imagine i i what you're in the hub world as your as your survivor character so I'd imagine it's through their perspective. So is it a hub world with open world elements? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or is it more of a sandbox? <laughs> For the beta, it was just like this one round uh, platform with a shop and some stuff on it. Oh, so it's Sonic 06. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you're going to pay 80 Australian bucks to have, a, to have fun one seventh of every game you jump in. And it's also Sonic 06. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> ringing endorsement i am very easy to please oh my god but no it, it was it was genuine fun i'd i'd pay that amount of money uh before i end though i did want to bring up that it has gacha yeah i was gonna ask mm. so yeah they have to be monetizing this in some other way because 80 australian bucks as high as that seems for what you've told me about this game still feels like they have other monetization strategies in play i'm not convinced it's a monetization thing because this could be like the thing in dragon ball fighters where as you play the game you just get currency to randomly unlock things like unlock colors and everything so it might just be all in-game gacha mechanics. 
because uh, uh, the way it was handled in this was that um by rolling in the gacha you'd get um you'd get different abilities and costumes for gotcha. yeah you'd get you'd get different <laughs> abilities and um uh, costumes so the reason i ended up going goku as my third was because i unlocked uh, his uh, kaioken attack and uh, his uh ripped up uh, gi costume so i was like oh well i got these from the gacha i'll put these on for my uh level 3 yeah, which sounds sick, given that you've never seen it. Yeah. <laughs> you've only heard rumors. Nice gacha mechanic game. Yeah, if, if only I got to that coveted uh, level 3. Um, I think I think what gives you really great change power is if you manage to collect seven Dragon Balls. <laughs> but I think only one character can use the Dragon Balls at any given time, which makes it even worse. Why? I did manage to summon, <laughs> I did manage to summon a dragon in one of the games, but I was playing a Cell that game. Wait, so... Oh, okay. So what? Did, did the dragon kill you? No, the dra- uh, what I did for the dragon as Cell was I just asked for my health to be restored because I was already at um perfect Cell stage, so the other wish did nothing for me. Uh, what, you can, if, what you could wish for as Cell was either give me an extra level uh, evolution level or um restore my health so that extra evolution level helps if you're in like uh first form or second form self but because i was in final form that did nothing so you can't even ask for like a heavy weapon drop or a warthog to spawn or anything you can't you even can't. wish to win the game what the fuck that's listening <laughs> i mean you're already <laughs> playing a cell you've already I, won yeah okay <laughs> I, I wish the six humans attached to the server would just perish. <laughs> just just round them up and tie them all up for me in the middle of the arena. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's gotta be it's gotta be like some sort of mental damage when you're playing as a survivor, and the thing that can already kill you with ease summons a dragon. Yeah, I don't know if you can see if someone has summoned a dragon, uh, but yeah. Uh, because- so it's an invisible dragon. That's kind of cool. I'm back on board. Eighty bucks seems like a good price. <laughs> I will take that eighty bucks. <laughs> and I'll give you a better experience. Are there, are there, are there, are there gacha mechanics for Cell? Like, can you just make Cell, like, when he when he goes to perfect Cell, he's, like, pink or something? Yes, there is, actually. There's, uh, you can unlock other colors for the, um, for Cell and everything. I didn't see that. I'm not sure if it was in the beta, but they did. <laughs> you, but you, but you heard rumors. You heard rumors that you, that you might get to level three. <laughs> they showed, to, they showed tutorial screens that showed, hey, you can get alternate colors and stuff for the characters. So they showed, like, a white Cell. Seems, seems uh, a little cell, on the nose, I, but... I get it. Um, is there a yeah? Because he fights infection. Would you like if there was a gacha mechanic to make Chris Pratt the voice of Cell? Oh man, if they get it, if so, the du- the dub in this was only Japanese. If they do an English dub, it has to be Chris Pratt. <laughs> Actually, I don't want Chris Pratt to be Cell. I want Cell's voice actor to be Cell, but I want Chris Pratt as an option for my survivor. What if it was Nathan Fillion doing his best Chris Pratt impression <laughs> to voice Cell? That that's got to be the Trunks voice. <laughs> it's just Chris Pratt yelling for like and saying it's over nine thousand for the entire. That's his only line. God. No, but he just says it really calmly. It's over nine thousand. Chris Pratt trying to do a Dragon Ball yell would be hilarious. <laughs> All right, Chris, if you're listening out, if if you're listening, send us a message. FastTravelLounge at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah. If if you if you're listening, if you're listening, prove us wrong. <laughs> <laughs> We've mentioned you every episode. Please give us give us some crumb you've, of acknowledgement. You've 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 had you've had the challenge issued. It's uh it's on you to to prove us wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's 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 like it's like the most expensive seven out of ten I'd ever play. You mean one out of seven? <laughs> yeah.
Yes, my one out, my one out of seven enjoyment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, so it's not actually out because this was just the test, right? So when, when is it actually coming out? Oh, uh, we just know it's sometime in twenty twenty two. Oh yeah, are they going to be doing another? Do you know if they're going to be doing like a repeat for the net? I assume this was like a network test. Are they going to be doing a repeat for that? I don't even know if this was a, a network test. I think this was just a test to see how people enjoyed the game and what sort of um feedback they'd give. Oh, so the feedback is give survivors guns. <laughs> uh the gun. They do have guns. The problem is that uh, the game's very bad at telling you how to use the guns. Ah. So I, I guess, I guess I'll, I'll like just to quickly cap this off. Um, the translation in the in the beta was really bad. Um, so when you pick up a gun, you'll get this little uh, notification that says "item help on R1." Uh, I, I, that's a lie. It, it's supposed to be translated to "use item is R1." That's so like. <laughs> It's so weird that, like, you know, obviously it's a mistranslation, but just the idea that there's a button that you press gives you help with the item. Yeah, like... <laughs> so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna press the shoulder button, and then, like, a menu pops up going, hey, you press the shoulder button. Here's how you use a potion. Yeah, uh, th- that's why I... Th- that's why it was so confusing, because you see that phrase and you think, oh, if I press this button, it's gonna tell me, like, about the weapon, but I'm running for my life at the moment. I don't want some little menu popping up telling me what to do. Yeah. Uh, but you've actually got to hold it down and then uh, press the triangle button while holding down R1 to fire your rocket launcher. And there was another item that I was picking up, but I have no idea what it was used for. And none of the none of the tutorial pages mentioned what that item did. Grappling hook? No, no, it was like this blue <laughs> jar of that was called a recharger or something, like a barrier charger. Wait, oh, so it's a jar. The, the Fortnite. Yeah, for- Fortnite blue juice. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So so it is just a Fortnite mod. So we got all this way, only for you to tell me it is actually just a Fortnite mod. <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually went and installed Fortnite just to get Naruto in my game. Yeah. <laughs> well, they've got Spider-Man in Naruto's like old news now. They've got Spider-Man in it now. And looks like do they're you, dropping... Do you some- imagine? You, just, you, you load up Dragon Ball The Breakers, and then you're, you're surviving alongside Ariana Grande, Naruto, Spider-Man. <laughs> and, and you all have to... You'll you'll have to work together to fight to fight Cell. I'd probably pay a hundred Australian for that. <laughs> uh, everything alright at home, big fella? <laughs> mm, yeah, this is absolutely yeah, it's, it's his fine. cry for help. I mean, it's it's going better here for me than it is for Josh. <laughs> do you reckon? Do you, re- do, you re- do you reckon Josh just said he was busy because he's busy playing playing Ariana Grande in, in Dragon Ball: The Breakers? Uh he's he seems like more of a Naruto person to really? me, or a Rick Grimes. A Rick Sanchez. So Rick Sanchez, that's So apparently the one. if you get yourself turned into a pickle, that's like pretty funny, but I didn't get it. <laughs> I oh, don't no, know, man. The that's the funniest shit, shit I've ever seen. I'm <laughs> 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 uh, not sure if that was an intentional setup, Steve, but if it was, well played. It was. That was the, the best Elliot. Oh man. You, you just gotta so, sometimes you just gotta, you know, lick the stamp and send it, you know what I mean? Mm, that's a good one. Yoink. Oh. Can't wait. That one will be nice in my repertoire of sayings. <laughs> Can't wait to see that one reposted on the internet because I'm sure I'm the one that came up with I it first. Reposted, uh, it sounds, hey, it that's a good one with stamps. I, hey, did it. <laughs> yeah, hey, look at that. Yeah. Um, no, it, it, the game the game actually does sound kind of interesting. It's just, I don't know. It's just the 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 downsides to it. Make make it seem like a chore to play the game more than average, but the few times that you get to play as Cell would just be sick. So yeah, 
I don't know. I think if another beta test comes out and they work on some of the things that make this frustrating to play, it could be a very polished, decent multiplayer game. Do you see it becoming an eSport? I, I don't see it becoming an eSport. I don't see how you could make it an eSport. FaZe Clan, Team of Six. <laughs> oh, FaZe real, 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 real big coordination on the Survivor side. I, I, don't, I don't see that happening. There's, there's too much... Uh, there's too much leaning towards Cell just taking it. So that would be even more amazing when FaZe Clan just, you know, why wise them across the map with a rocket launcher, right? Exactly. <laughs> no, it's cool. Thank you for that. But Dragon Ball Z, not the only game you've been playing this week. Yeah, no, I also played Endwalker for quite a bit uh, during the weekend. Endwalker being? The fa- the newest Final Fantasy fourteen expansion. There we go. See, I, I, I can just read that, but listeners... <laughs> like me until I just read that, would have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very bad about that. I'm sorry. Uh, I guess to start off with, I should I should preface this with, holy shit, the queue times in this game have been horrid. And the, game, the games are buckling under how many people are trying to play this at once. Yeah, so so you're describing the the good queue problem, not the bad queue problem. Oh no, there's there's a bad queue problem as well, because the queue is susceptible to crashing over packet loss. No, no, no. What I, what I mean is, what I mean is, the, the good queue problem is it takes ages to find a game because so many people want to f- want to play the game at once. The bad queue problem is it takes ages to find a game because no one wants to find a game. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I, I think in this case it's a good for, it's, it's just a hindrance in general. Like, yeah. Okay. For, for the health of the game, it's good that there's so many people that want to play the game, but as a player and as but for the your health. <laughs> Yeah, uh, for as a player and as for from the developer standpoint, this many players is detrimental to the game, and it's <laughs> it's hurt them so much. So um, you're gatekeeping now. Yeah, everyone, get off the servers. This is my <laughs> game. <laughs> Let me play. Proof. Oh, oh, you're you're a, you're a Final Fantasy fourteen fan. Name all other name name all fourteen Final Fantasies. <laughs> Uh, no, um, actually, actually, surprisingly, uh, dr- if I want to play during the week after work, I've actually got a very good time to go on because since it's on an American server, when I finish work at six o'clock, I've got like a, a, a thirty-second queue. <laughs> you've got, you've got that brief, that brief golden window where living in Australia isn't just a chronic punishment. Yeah, exactly. But um. I feel for all of my friends and my girlfriend over in America that, like, when they finish work, they're sitting in queue for three hours. It's like, no, please don't. They they got to sort something out for the this. Wow, three hours of queue time. That that's probably enough time to play a few rounds of uh, Dragon Ball Z: The Breakers. It's it's exactly one beta session. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> at what point do you sort of like? All right, this isn't fun. Like, yeah, imagine being the guy that queues for two hours and fifty minutes and goes, "Nah, fuck this." <laughs> internet time yet (laughs) this this is part of the problem i was going to mention is that uh, so they did an emergency maintenance last night i think to try and fix this problem but it's still around uh the queue is susceptible to packet loss and that will make you drop out with a 2002 error so people would actually have to sit there for a three-hour queue and babysit to make sure that they're not dropped from the queue um if they did drop, they had about a 10-minute window where the servers would hold their place in line. And uh, if you didn't get back in those 10 minutes, then um, you'll, you'd have to st- start back at the end. So, uh, yeah, that, that just forced people to sit there for that three-hour queue, make sure they didn't get a 2002 error. And if they did, try to log back on as quickly as possible, 
hoping that they can even make it back to the queue in those 10 minutes because some people just couldn't. So what I'm interested in, you're sitting here looking at something for three hours. What's on the screen? Does it just give you like a scrolling little like helpful tip? Or does it just have like a, your call is very important to us. You are this place in the queue. Press the left kick click button to attack. Is your character in a blue void with some with some nice far fancy music playing? And your place in queue above that character. So you're in purgatory. You're in purgatory for three hours. Yeah. And then, and then God decides if you go to heaven or hell. There, there was a point where I was sitting at one player. I was the I was one person away from joining. So I was the number one person in queue. And I was sitting there for five minutes waiting for it to let me in. At that point, I was like, please just lie to me. Tell me I'm fifth. <laughs> don't tell me I'm the next person just tell me there's a couple of people in front of me so I can feel better about this so if you want to play do you have to like go DDoS someone to get them <laughs> off of the server the server's basically DDoSed at the moment with how many people are in uh, because apparently um, the servers only hold about 17,000 people I think they just got updated to 21,000 after that emergency maintenance but um, the because of the super that's a pretty impressive emergency maintenance yeah 4k boost from 17 it's not bad yeah uh it's it's actually pretty it's not it's a pretty good yeah but uh part of that emergency maintenance was also to try and stop that 2002 error Mm. but that that hasn't worked out because people are still getting that um they did want to have the servers even better and have more servers just available for people to go on to but because of the worldwide semiconductor shortage they just can't it's a real big issue at the moment. Uh, part part of the reason why this is happening as well is, uh, is WoW just shooting itself in the foot and all of the players <laughs> migrating from WoW over to 14. But didn't they hear that there's a Minecraft update out? Uh, I don't think MMO players care about uh, Minecrafts like that. Well, I mean, if, if you've got three hours in queue, boy, you could you could do a lot of shit in Minecraft. Yeah. You could. Anyway, we've, we've spent... I'm looking at the clock. Almost six minutes talking about how shit the queue is. <laughs> What's it like when you actually got in? <laughs> Tell us about the game. <laughs> it's it's such a good game. Um, I'm in the third area. So every expansion adds six areas. Um, recently, I found out that before every expansion, you'd basically know what every area was. Um, so when... Uh, uh, 14 Heavensward was coming out. They only officially revealed five areas in, like, patch notes. But people knew what the sixth area was because of trailers. Oh, I see. Then um, when when Stormblood came out, everyone knew what all six areas were. But with uh, Shadowbringers, they only talked about five of them. And uh, uh, they kept that last one secret throughout the entire game. Um, I'm not sure how you go- uh, if you guys have seen any marketing for... Uh, Endwalker. Very little. Yeah, I've seen a couple of um YouTube video- oh, YouTube ads. Um, but I I don't have a membership to it, <laughs> so I'm probably not in their marketing category thing. So the marketing for this has been very heavily the uh, the moon, the moon. You're going to the moon. The moon is going to be this big thing, and the game. So the servers are just crypto miners. <laughs> yes. Where Lambo? Um, the, <laughs> the moon's actually the moon's. You get to see Fran go up while you wait three hours to join the server. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Sorry. Throughout the game's story, the moon has actually been um, kind of important because you'd always see uh, the ringleader of the villain group up on the moon every now and then. Fair enough. Yeah, so it it always felt like this is uh, supposed to be like the game's end goal. This is where you'll end up going. 
Uh, turns out that's the that's only the fourth area in this expansion, and there's two more that they just have not talked about or even hinted at. Is it canon that someone's girlfriend turned into the moon? Not in this game, but uh, there was a lesser moon that had Bahamut stuck inside it. That's oh, kind of cool. Right. Yeah, uh, that lesser moon opening up and letting Bahamut out destroyed uh, Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, it still sounds kind of cool. I think I'm okay with that. I, I, I weigh up the pros and cons. I still think I'm on the pros side of this. Yeah, no, it was it was very pro because it nukes 1.0 and that's what led to A Realm Reborn, which is when fourteen became started becoming good. Oh. When's it um? When's it coming to Xbox? After Temtem, bro. <laughs> no, there's, there's actually talks about an Xbox version coming at some point. I think it's... Yeah, they're... they're, they're... They've spoken about it for the last couple of years. I think it's just because of like the server issues they're having at the moment. They they couldn't. They even... just yeah. If they if they put it on another console, they just yeah, yeah shoot themselves yeah. in the foot even more. It's just just more boys trapped in purgatory mining crypto. I've heard so many good things about it. It seems like the only MM... like I'm not a big fan of MMOs. I'll be very upfront about that. But I am a very big fan of Final Fantasy, and it seems like from the gameplay I've seen and from everything I've heard, it seems like it'd be fan fucking tastic. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I think. I think. I mean, yeah, I've. I've, I've been giving you constant shit since you started talking about it, just because it's funny. So sorry about that. But no, <laughs> every every everything that I have heard about it, especially after I guess the first patch, which I'm guessing is the Realm Reborn. Like I know very little about it, but I've heard time and time again people just rave about how good, mm. not necessarily it was when it came out, but how good it it got or how good it is now. Yeah, no, uh, fourteen might be my favorite Final Fantasy game in general. Ooh, now that's a call. I'm I'm always debating between it. For at the moment, I'm de- debating between fourteen, ten, and seven. Though those are my current top three. Uh, yeah, fourteen in general is really fantastic. And just to prepare you for it, Stephen, every every expansion is uh is a full Final Fantasy for uh, a full Final Fantasy games worth of content. Yeah, every, everyone said that. So it's like it's like four expansions at the moment, isn't there? With the newest one that just came out. There's a Realm Reborn. Heaven's Word, Stormblood, Shadowbringers, and Endwalker. Oh, so five. Five, five. Jeez. So each of those are like forty hours, lo- forty to sixty hours long. That's a lot of time to go through. Oh my god. Uh, so what is so? Let Let's say I just ring up my my local loan shark and go, Hey, I want to buy Final Fantasy fourteen. Do I need money to pay upfront? like overwatch or is it like monthly subscription how do i how do i pay for this um it's both the it, the game's pretty cheap on its own it's i think it's like 80 australian to get like the complete edition that has all the expansions just ready to go fuck that's all right uh, you'll get a free month subscription with that and it's about $20 Australian a month after that so you're telling me there are 21,000 people that have been paying 20 bucks a month for at least a month for the past little bit quick do the math do the that's math a, yeah, that's uh, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a lot of money. Yeah, Fuck that's that's, that's a, a lot of ton money. of money. But um, on top of 100, that, hundred thousand for a month. Yeah. Sorry, I derailed Sorry, you yeah, again. Yeah, I, I, lo- <laughs> I lost my train of thought for a second because of thinking about how much money that is. Yeah. <laughs> that's at least two dollars. Yeah, no, it's 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 at least more than twenty bucks. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, because of the server issues, they've given uh, seven days free to everyone's subscription at the moment, just as an apology. But they're open to um. Uh, extending that to even further uh, free time for everyone. Oh, I really wanted you to say even further beyond. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. So close. It's if they if uh, the if the problems persist, they're going to give more free time. And I can see these problems persisting for at least another week. Yeah. So what you're saying is if I was to buy it now, I effectively get to trial it for free. I 
if, if you get it now, you could uh, you can trial it up to the end of Heavensward, the critically acclaimed uh, <laughs> expansion Heavensward. <laughs> I I'm not gonna do the whole bit. I don't have it memorized like that. <laughs> uh, you know, for as a free player, you can play through the first two expansions free. Oh, hang on. So sorry. What do you mean? Like as a free player, isn't you just pay up front and you don't pay subscription and it still just gives you the first two expansions? No, no, you don't pay at all. You get the first two expansions for free. Wait, so you, what are we, hey, whoa, what are we doing whoa, whoa, recording so, this? Why am I why am I not just playing fucking fourteen? What the hell? Okay. So you get the the base game of fourteen plus two expansions for free, and it's like no, no, uh, I I I'm the base game. Uh, I'm counting as one expansion. Ah, uh, okay. So right. so you get a Realm Reborn and you get Heaven's Word, and Heaven's Word is up there as one of the better Final Fantasy experiences. Fucking hell, man! X Bros, we're losing. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I make so I make a character. I go and start this. Is it the same character through the entire way, or is it does it swap between expansions? Is there like much point? What's the? No, it's your character throughout the entire way, and you'll interact with um a group of characters. You'll like expand across the world. Uh, it's just your character going through a massive, massively long journey. And I as, see. So as the expansions is, so... go, as the expansions yeah, no, so... go, um, <laughs> sorry, you go. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we're trying to talk over each other about this. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, as the expansions go, they start opening up more to giving you dialogue choices that they, they don't account for too much in the story, but uh, sometimes they'll have little flavor text that just kind of helps uh, flesh out the characters and your own character a little bit more. Mm. One of my favorite interactions being um, uh, one, of, uh, one of the characters uh, telling you that you need to go to rest. And you can tell her, uh, sure, mom, and she'll tell you, don't make me take you across the knee without supper. Damn. So too long, didn't read. Are you enjoying it? Yeah, enjoying okay. it a ton. Um, I'm I'm going so so to give a little bit of what I'm doing at the moment in Endwalker. Yeah. Um, I'm playing through as a paladin right now because that was the first job that I picked when I started the game. So I think just to finish off this story arc, I'm going to go with the cu- with the job that I started the game as. Is there incentive to go back and play as a different job? There, there is actually uh, not not specifically for this uh, expansion, but uh, uh, if you've uh, leveled up your other jobs, you'll get uh, flavor text every now and then. So before Endwalker came out. I started leveling white mage to learn how to heal, ah. and I ran into there's this big like war room scene that I've just passed recently, and uh, the white mage quest giver is there. So as he's going through his little speech about how uh, he's glad to join in and uh, everything, he'll turn to you for a brief moment and say, "I'm also glad that there's an experienced white mage here to help along the way." Like I'm not even I wasn't even white mage in that scene. I was still a paladin. But because I had done the white mage quest, the character acknowledges that I've been through that and I am a pretty damn good white mage now. <laughs> so that that seems very uh that that seems like a very kind of um almost fan servicey thing to as if you'd be doing it in single player. So obviously it's it's an MMO. Well, obviously it it, it is an MMO, right? Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. So um what if you're going through different scenes and there's different dialogue and stuff, so how does the multiplayer factor in? Are there other people doing the same like storyline as you, or are you just in the same world as these other people? You're in the same world as these other people. Uh, the way that they explain uh, all the other characters around the world is that they're all different. They're all part of the adventurers guild as well, because you start off the game going into an adventuring guild. 
And so everyone that populates the world is just an adventurer alongside you, but your character specifically is the famed warrior of light. Did one of them used to be an adventurer before he took an arrow? Oh, fucking hell. The, the the place <laughs> between his upper and lower leg? It's been four years since I've probably heard that last. <laughs> Second alley open the podcast. <laughs> I don't know if there's a Skyrim joke in this game. Oh, surely, surely. <laughs> it feels like some yeah. uh, it feels like something that should be there, yeah. But uh, There'd be the, one dev the, that slipped it in past the engineering manager, surely. Yeah, if if you want things that the developers love, they they love the shit out of Game of Thrones, and you can tell that by the end of a Realm Reborn. <laughs> They they just do their own red wedding in that game. <laughs> oh no, um, no, that sounds sick. I yeah, I actually didn't realize that, that was like a free thing. Oh yeah, no, that's, that's what I was gonna ask. So, um, there's like a small RPG that I play, um, Borderlands, where like eventually you just hit the max level, and then there's nothing. You know, every so often they'll release a DLC pack, or whatever, and they'll be like, hey, you have more levels now. But if if they, you know, back five expansions ago, just had the base game out and you played it more than the recommended amount, like the amount that your doctor would suggest that you go outside, um, oh, and then hit, I assume, outside. a max level. Yeah, yeah, there's, there is a max uh, level, yes. Yeah, so is the is the cap increase with each expansion, or...? Yeah, it goes up 10 levels every expansion. And is there, so so is there, like, um, I guess what I mean, is aside from the story, is there, like, a gameplay benefit to just, like, I'm... I'll put it a different way. I'm the kind of guy who, in Borderlands, which you may or may not have heard of, um, I I got every character to max level, and I take a sick amount of pride in that. I, I honestly can't tell you why. <laughs> I just like having a character select screen where they're all at max. Um, is there a point to doing that in 14? Um, yes, in a sense. It's it's all gameplay-related stuff. Um, so your one character can go through any, uh, any job. So there's, like... God, I think there's 18 jobs at this point just for uh, for uh, melee and magical builds. But uh, you don't have to switch characters to change your jobs. You just change your equipment loadouts. So you can your one character can go from a paladin to a dark knight to a white mage and everything. So you can spec out into all of them. And uh, once you hit cap for all of them... Um, and and a bunch of other things as well that lead up to it eventually you can become a mentor which will unlock mentor related duties and things of that such sorry so you're saying that your character level and job level are separate uh your character level is your job level so once you once you go to a different job it resets down to zero so you got to start from zero for every job but then if you switch back like white mage back to paladin say do you keep previous progress yeah yeah, you keep your previous progress. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, now I'm following. So it'd be more like taking one character and making them do a bunch of jobs than it would be making one character for each job. Yeah. Right, okay. And each job has their own storyline attached to them, so there's benefits to go through all of them in that way as well. So it, it ends up becoming that, uh, like like I said, um, they're doing flavor text now. Like when I was doing Heavensward, I was playing as a Dragoon, and they... The Dragoon questline in A Realm Reborn makes mention of how it's really weird that there's two Azure Dragoons in the world right now. There should only be one. And uh, because I had gone through all that questline and everything, um, Heavensward is a very Dragoon-oriented uh, storyline. Uh, so they make a lot of callbacks to you and the other Dragoon being partners and both being the, um, the famed Azure Dragoons of the world. 
So it's it's all very interesting how they do callbacks like that. That's cool. So if I if I was to start playing tomorrow, would I have to go through each expansion sequentially to get to? Um... Yeah, yeah. You need to go through every expansion sequentially. Yeah, why well, mm. you would you wouldn't skip, would you? That's ridiculous. Like you, <laughs> but, you can but, skip, but, what but if, it costs money. Yeah, exactly. But what if I have my mum's credit card lying around and I and I don't have the time to invest? I just want the unlock un- unlock the battle pass. I want to skip to level five hundred. Yeah. Um. It. it you can go to the um the store that fourteen has and just buy story skips. I don't suggest it because I think the story is one of the highlights of Final Fantasy fourteen. But if all you care about is doing end game content, then you do you, bro. <laughs> no, that's cool. Okay, cool. So uh, I guess I guess we'll wrap it up with the the second of the fabled Stevens three TLDRs. Uh, what would you give it out of ten? I right now, and Walker is sitting on probably. Uh, nine out of ten. Fuck. Even with three hour queue times. Even uh, with three hour queue times, I'm dropping that down to play something else until the queues are better. Yeah, I guess you, you have it open in one screen and you sort of um play another game. Literally do anything yeah. else. Watch a movie while the queue is going. <laughs> Watch two movies while you're at yeah, it. Do do your day job. Yeah, uh, started at two. Five o'clock hits around. Yeah, boys, I'm in. <laughs> Just in time. <laughs> oh no, that's cool. That's cool. Um. Right. Uh, well, I assume we're going to end up talking about this next week when hopefully the queues have settled down uh, and uh, you know, you'll know you be able to play it without having to sit in purgatory for three hours. Yeah, I hope so. I'd like to play more this weekend. And that takes us to the end of the game section for this week. And now we will touch on some news. We were just talking about Final Fantasy fourteen. Seth, you have some Final Fantasy fourteen news for us. Yeah, so 14, Final Fantasy fourteen has teamed up with Grubhub to give players an emote if um if they order pizza through the app, and the emote is just your warrior of light eating a slice of pizza and enjoying it. This uh, this continues 14's weird obsession with uh pizza related uh, um uh, giveaways because when uh, Shadowbringers released two years ago um. There was a promotion where if you bought $60 worth of pizza, you'd get Shadowbringers for free. So my question with this, right, it seems fine. But if you were the person running this deal, if someone ordered the pizza wanting the emote and they got pineapple on that pizza, would you give them the emote or would you tell them to order a real pizza? I think the emote would probably be on the receipt, at which point... I would uh, tell them, no, they can't have it. Order something else. It, it'd have to be part of the ordering process. Actually, no, you can't because it's through Grubhub. So I guess you're just stuck making that order or just don't deliver the order and they get their emotes anyway. <laughs> you, you, you make the pizza specifically to order and then just pick all the pineapple back off. <laughs> God, what a monster. <laughs> Yuck. What about, what about you, Steve? What would you do? You have you have all the pizza power in the world. I'd probably just make a pizza with everything. Like, give me the lot, but it's like literally everything. And then I'd put like another pizza base on top, so it's like a big sandwich. <laughs> would it you, sounds would like you a calzone. Yeah, yeah. It's it, well, it's it sounds like it sounds like someone's like shit attempt at a calzone. But would you do it with like a hot dog stuffed crust? Oh god, it's it's got to be the cheesy yes. stuffed crust. Yeah, cheesy hot dog <laughs> no, stuffed. Oh no, the, what was the one? The, the full on hamburger stuffed crust. I was literally just about to say that. Yeah, like. It's, <laughs> Oh, I, I'm not sure if you ever had it over there, uh, Patrick, but over here for a little bit of time we had... Um, the pie? Uh, 
Yeah, the pie crust. Oh, which, which, to anyone listening overseas, it's not like pumpkin pie. It's like savory mince pie. Like mince and gravy. Yeah, like a, yeah, yeah like a meat pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, because right, because yeah, pie, yeah. pies aren't really a thing over in North America. When you say pie, you, it's it's assumed to be like a sweet dessert food, not like a savory builder food. But you yeah, know, like a like a savory, yeah, as you say, meat and gravy, like steak and cheese type deal, stuffed into the crust. Which I don't know. I. <laughs> I feel like it's the God, sort of I thing want a I'd probably, so much right now. I'd probably try it once. I don't yeah, I don't try- think it would be a staple. It d- it definitely wouldn't be a staple, but it's something that I'm curious enough to try. I tried to uh, I tried the KFC double down once like 13 years ago when it first came out here, and that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> if I did get the the mince pie stuff crust, I'd expect like two emotes or I'd expect the emote, but my character just looks at the that looks at the pizza in confusion <laughs> and he just he just doesn't know which end to eat first <laughs> it's a mystery that one wasn't there like a spongebob pizza that came out recently oh god <laughs> i hope not I, I again i don't know if you have it over there patrick but we just dominoes over here just decided to do the vegemite pizza and i am too scared to try that uh, that's right oh I'd, I'd be all about that um, you guys got Mr. Wedge? No. No. That's, that, that's like one of the popular Domino's staples. It's like, um, it's like, yeah, potato wedges, but not, not like full on wedges, like bits of cut up wedge. It's, it's almost, it's like, it's like one step away from like a breakfast pizza with hash browns. It's real good. Oh, but I, I put hash browns on pizza all the time. <laughs> Next to my pineapple, you fucking cretin. <laughs> you guys Why are monsters. What are you pizza? doing putting potato on pizza? <laughs> So it's no, just like it's, you, it's like a scrambled. It's like a big breakfast, but you just put it on a pizza. Mwah, that's it. Yeah, no, it's it, it's it's like it's it's top ten hangover food right there. Hangover food um, because the thing is when when there's when the when there's potato on the pizza when you when you take it out of the fridge and put it in the microwave it's exactly the same. <laughs> like, now tandoori pizzas and sade chicken pizzas. Oh, remind, remind me never to let you guys order me food ever again. <laughs> So I heard that there's this great deal with Grubhub where you could get an emote for Final Fantasy fourteen and all you need to do is just order a potato pizza. It's crazy. It's such good value. Uh, I'll order the pizza, but you're eating it. I'm keeping the emote. <laughs> yeah. See, that Happy. sounds like a threat, but I don't think you understand just how how de- how depraved I will go with my pizza choices. As long as there's no pineapple on it. <laughs> what was there, there, there was a meme like... 10 years ago with like the worst thing you could get from Domino's. It was like left beef with cheese or something. What? It was like it was like a pizza base, no tomato or anything. It was just a pizza base and then just meat but only on one side. Oh. I don't remember what it was called. I'm pretty sure it was Why? called a half, a half beef with something. Jesus. I'd do that for the emote. <laughs> just, just give yeah. me a pepperoni pizza please. <laughs> yeah, pepperoni, pepperoni top tier, pepperoni top tier. Anyway, next piece of news. <laughs> uh, so I've done it before. I'm doing it again. It's time for the fighting game power hour. If we get really ambitious, we'll edit some air horns in right here, like. Pow, pow. Anyway, it, it's, uh, it's gotta be it's gotta be a fighting games round start. All right, it's Saturday night. I have no date. A two liter bottle of Shasta and my all rush mixtape. Let's rock. <laughs> yeah. uh, first up in the power hour, which hopefully won't actually go for an hour, uh, we have talk. Uh, we're talking about um, Blaze Blue. Yeah, Arc System Works keeps or on Blaze winning. Blue. Yeah, Blaze Blue. <laughs> uh, two Blaze Blue games are getting rollback netcode. Uh, I've talked about this before in one of the earlier episodes. 
um, rollback is the netcode that you want in your fighting games. And Which means it, that they're running dedicated servers, right? No, no. Dedicated servers was something that um that Riot was doing for their game. Uh, rollback was just it. It, it's a better connection for the two people that are connecting to each other. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So, uh, Blaze Blue Central Fiction and Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle are both getting rollback added to them. Uh, Blaze Blue Central Fiction already has it on PC, but in beta form, and it's going to be completely released on PC and uh, PlayStation consoles, uh, January twenty twenty two, I believe. And uh, uh, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle is just sometime in 2022. It's getting gathered. So that's that's exciting for Blaze Blue players. I uh, Central Fiction went very cheap yesterday, so I bought it. <laughs> to, uh, I haven't played it online yet to test out the netcode. I want a little bit of time to learn how to play that game first, and I'll report back how that netcode feels. Looking forward to it. Uh, Arc System Works has other news for us. Biken, uh, my favorite character from the Guilty Gear games, and uh, a lot of people love her but don't play her. Um, she is coming to Guilty Gear Strive. Well, I mean, love her but can't play. Well, like don't play. You mean can't play her, right? Because she's she's coming to Guilty Gear Strive. They wouldn't be able to play her before now. No, no. In every Guilty Gear game, Biken is in there, and there's there's always a big debacle about how everyone loves Biken. She's always at the top of popularity charts, but no one actually plays her because Biken players are just vocal. <laughs> uh, players in quotation marks. A lot of people, a lot of people just like the character for her character design. Yeah, so so bike and Sims. Yeah, bike and Sims. <laughs> I'd I'd like to go on record and say that I like Biken because I played the original Guilty Gear and she was like the super hard final character to unlock. And after I spent like a week trying to unlock her, um, uh, oh, uh, sorry uh, that <laughs> Stephen dropped. <laughs> Yeah, no, that 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 threw me as well. Um, yeah. we'll see if he comes back. Anyway, continue. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. So once I unlocked Bike and I gave her a try, and I really dug how she played in the original Guilty Gear. Uh, then, uh, yeah, I just haven't played a whole lot of Guilty Gear since then. But, um, I tried her out in Revelator for a little bit. I don't play online with the Guilty Gear games because I'm always scared of just running into the people that are super dedicated to those games. <laughs> so don't you feel guilty about not playing online though no not at all this man drops out of the recording comes back in <laughs> i'm and sorry just reopens with that what the fuck <laughs> i'm sorry i accidentally closed discord um, but it's still recording it's fine it's fine i don't feel guilty about that oh There's a lot boy. of gears in motion oh my yeah. etc i'll strive to do better oh there we go i was waiting yeah. for the third one <laughs> all, all this to say that I'm a bike and simp that plays biking in training mode and against my friends, <laughs> but never online against other people because I'm too scared of getting mulched. Un- unleash the biking. <laughs> I'm I'm not a big fan of Guilty Gear Strive, but I will play her when it co- when she comes out in Strive. As well as getting played by her when you come up against a stronger one online. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's there's going to be a lot of day one bikins uh, when she releases, so hopefully I can get through some of those before getting mulched. That's cool. Next up on the docket, Virtua Fighter Five has some big news. Yeah, Virtua Fighter Five is slowly dying because that came out recently. It was also given away for free on PlayStation Plus when it came out, but uh, never a good sign. No, no, it, it that's usually a good sign because Rocket League did that and it. 
uh, it's uh, got really successful on console when it came out for free on PlayStation. Uh, it was part of the reason why that game launched so well. So uh, they were the Virtual Fighter devs were probably hoping to strike uh, strike that sort of similar iron, but uh, they put in delay based netcode, and that's the netcode that no one likes. So everyone voted with their wallets, like literally their free wallet as well, and just did not play that game. So now, in a attempt to bring people back, they're trying to um, they're trying to entice the Yakuza fans to come try it out by putting in Yakuza related DLC for all the characters. That seems th- those games seem very different. Ah, uh, I not really because uh, when uh, I think it was, I believe it was Yakuza Six. Um, it had uh, the entirety of Virtual Fighter Five just on the disc as well that you could launch from a separate menu. Or you could go into the arcades in the, in the Yakuza hub world and just load up a, a Virtual Fighter from there. Why do you reckon it's called vir- Virtual Fighter and not Virtual Fighter? Uh, because vir- Sega does a bunch of these games where it's called Virtual instead of Virtual for some reason. Oh. They, they've got a big catalogue of games under that sort of brand. See, when they when they wanted to get the Twitter handle, uh, Virtual Fighter 5 was, was you know too long, so they had to go Virtual fighter five you know in the similar way that our uh twitter handle at fast travel lounge had to crop one of the l's off uh it's you know we did that in solidarity with sega which l was it which one did you lose still and don't know well. still yeah okay. still still no idea it, it's the l that riot took <laughs> <laughs> true the the dlc looks pretty fun but yeah yeah the, do you, the yeah game... do, you, do you think it'll work do you think it'll actually revive the player base a bit no, not at all. Yeah. Not until they do a netcode update. Like these, these netcode updates for the Arc System Works games are breathing new life into those games. They're getting a lot more sales, a lot more people playing the games, and it it works when you make an online uh, an online player base that can actually play your game. If you're using delay based netcodes, no one can play that game in a in a good sense. So you just send people. A, you're just putting out a dead game at, at this point if you're doing that. Originally, there was no choice, but there's enough games with rollback now that uh, it you just can ignore these and games. And speaking of dead games, the final story in Seth's Power Hour, which I will actually announce just because I keep, what, anti-shilling? I don't know, dunking on? Take your pick of words. Uh, uh, before, before you do that, you, you skipped over one of the other ones. Um, so I, I really want to end oh, with I did. your one. Sorry. Yeah, Skullgirl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Skullgirl's yeah. umbrella. I don't know how I missed that. We jumped down one. Ooh, my bad, my bad. Yeah, it's fine. I, I really want the one you're about to announce to end this se- section. So yeah. I, I just got to roll it back to this real quick. Stay stay um, tuned. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned for that R. Uh, that's Bicep yeah, that, that, that That was the tease. You got to stick around for like five minutes to hear the payoff. So yeah, er- earlier this year, it got announced that Umbrella was coming to Skullgirls. They've put out a trailer that shows out her moveset. She looks pretty fun. Uh, she's coming sometime early 2022 uh, as well. Uh, and right after her uh, release was announced, they also teased that Black Dahlia is coming next. Uh, Black Dahlia was a character that they teased a while ago. They've shown um, she's a bunch of these characters. They've had their character designs revealed for a quite a while, long time. And a bunch of them had uh, fan support behind them. So Black Dahlia must have been one that had a lot of support behind her, and now she's being added to the game, making a lot of people happy. That's cool. Is Skullgirls part of a larger 
So I think Skullgirls is one of those that I picked up on sale, but never really got into. Is it part of like a larger like universe of characters? Like, you know, Biken coming back is like a big deal. Is Umbrella coming like a big deal as a callback to a previous game? Or is it no, just Skullgirls a is design? a one-off game. And uh, so Umbrella it's, so was it's just, just a popular design? Yeah, just, just popular designs from when they were showing their Kickstarters. Uh, I believe at the end of the game's original original lifespan, because this is this is basically a second life for the game where they're bringing out a season pass. Now that um they got rid of Mike Z for being a problem. <laughs> Very coded language there, but yeah, continue. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, when uh, at the end of the game's original lifespan, I think they did like this massive poll of like ten or so different character designs that people voted on, and I think that that uh that beowulf won that but there were a lot of also other very popular characters and i believe that a lot of these characters coming to the game now were from that initial 10 character or so pitch right okay because they probably would have started some amount of work on all of them and then just kind of picked up each one as the community wanted it yeah so yeah good news for Skullgirls uh, players good news for black dahlia fans and umbrella fans i can't wait to see what ha- uh, what other characters they bring to this game because Skullgirls is a generally a genuinely fantastic game as well. Yeah, I it's one that I um we were doing like well <laughs> I was getting absolutely slaughtered in couch um in like I don't know couch royale couch king whatever at a friend's place a while ago and so I went home added it to wish list Steam was like yo bro fifty percent off I went hell yeah bought it haven't played like I I think I booted it a couple times but just haven't really played it as 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 much but I don't know maybe maybe this will get me to to open it up again dive back in you know what i mean yeah um i'd suggest it uh Skullkills goes on sale a lot actually like yeah well that, that's that's sort of why i picked it up just, it just so happened that steam steam read my mind and my wallet yeah i i picked up like four copies of the game for two dollars each at one point to give away i think i'm still sitting on a couple of those codes hey, St- hey steve do you have Skullkills? no um i don't really I remember hearing all about it when it came out and then everybody still says it's really good and I just sort of like, all right. And it's sort of my eyes glaze over. What, what if I fan of fighting games. What if I told you that if you buy someone a pizza that they will give you a Skullgirls code? Does it is it Skull Pizza? I don't know, you have to you have to you have to ask the person you're gonna buy the pizza for. Just just shape the pepperoni in this in the shape of a skull. Could you, could you imagine being the poor guy who probably works barely above minimum wage at Domino's and there's like any special request for the order, like any dietary requirements, you're like, yes, I can only eat pepperoni in the shape of skulls. At, at that point, I feel like you'd put pineapple on the pizza just to spite him. God, please, no. Maybe maybe I'm just feeling extra vindictive today, who knows? So where does Skullgirl sit on the tier of fighting games, is it? It's not, uh, it's not one of the big league players like Street Fighter or Tekken or any of those. But it's got a very big. Uh, it it's basically the FGC equivalent of what Super Smash Brothers Melee is in the sense uh, of it's got a very strong grassroots. Uh, say no more, fam. Say no more. <laughs> no one showers. It's all filled. Yeah, yeah. Bars. So what you're saying no, is no. I, can, I can smell my opponent <laughs> through the screen. <laughs> not 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 in that sense. It's it's more that like it's very community driven, community tournaments run. It's it's got a lot of player support, but the play as far as I know, the players shower and they're not pedophiles. 
two things I look for when I select my fighting game. I love how Seth, Seth had this moment of like, it's got this great grassroots community and like really wanted to build it up and talk about how wonderful it was. And Steve just took that and then went, but what if it wasn't? <laughs> what if it was the opposite? Yeah, no, what if, no, if we turn that on its head? So is there sort of like, oh, now going like really off topic into melee territory, but is there like oh, sort no. of just people just sort of had their own sort of land parties with it? Or is it sort of an online type of thing? It's, it's, uh, fighting game tournaments are usually face to face, but like current predicament as it is, they're, they're mostly online, which is again, where the rollback thing comes into, into play. And, uh, okay. and Skullgirls is a game that runs on rollback. So the on- online tournaments for that o- can always run smoothly. Yeah. Like that, that game will live no matter what. Plus I, I, I just like the art style of it. Like if, if nothing else, even if I never play it again, which I probably will, but just, I, I appreciate the art style of it. It's a very cool art style. Yeah, it's a very pretty game. And the soundtrack goes off. Oh man, that's, that soundtrack is fantastic. Very jazzy and upbeat. Yep, absolutely bang. It's kind of like um, fighting game Cuphead in in a few ways. Sort of like yeah, harkens back yeah, to the, the older style of the like hand drawn animations and big. It, it even it even has a character that's very inspired by uh, that era of um animation. Yeah, oh, very cool. Anyway, um. Hopefully now I'm. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna try this again. Wait, first of all, Seth, are we we good? Are we good? Can we? We, we, can we... we good. We good. Okay, that, we're that's good. all. all right. That's all of the major fighting games. So just just cast your mind back to ten minutes ago. Speaking of dead games, <laughs> just just because the segue was great, um, uh, a dead game that I like to continually kick uh, while it's down and probably will never come back up. Um, <laughs> Garfield is being added to. All-Star Brawl, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. I I don't really know why. <laughs> he was in the he was in the leaks like when the game came out. People knew this was coming right away. So it was just <sighs> a matter of time. It's I don't know. Knowing knowing that there's no voice acting or any kind of sound <laughs> kind of just makes it seem that you just get to play as an orange cat that likes lasagna. So canonically 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 um, looks Cannelloni. like Chris Pratt would. <laughs> Chris Pratt would be in the All Star Brawl. Oh God, he could too. Universe. He's Garfield. Yeah, he's Garfield's voice. But it they all no, no, but, but, no, 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 but he's he's not. No, no, they specifically that this was their this was their master plan. They didn't get Chris Pratt. Well, like Chris Pratt can't be in there because he's the voice, and Garfield has no voice. Yeah, they didn't get anyone in this game. Yeah, specifically to dodge the yeah. to, to to you know break the Chris Pratt paradox. That was still so dumb. How could they not get voices? But if they ever add voices to the game, they could do Chris Pratt. They could. Hell, if if the people that <laughs> if if the people that were going to make the mods are still on there, get Chris Pratt voice in for yeah, Garfield. Yeah. Hey, hey, Chris Pratt, I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> do us a, Josh isn't here okay he can't hurt you do us a solid <laughs> be be the voice actor you were born to be <laughs> voice fucking Garfield and Nick all-star brawl just just oh. make a cu- just make a couple of cringe noises uh say lasagna like once or twice it, it'll be all good we'll <laughs> say it it's work. a me Garfield <laughs> so the thing the thing that I found really funny is that for the announcement trailer that they did for this, which you can find on YouTube, just, you know, Garfield or Stubberall announcement trailer, um, they went through, like, six characters and then just said, and now introducing Garfield. Like, what was the... Po- like, th- there are more than six characters in All-Star Brawl. 
Why did they just pick six random characters and then just go and introducing Garfield? It, it was showing they're all stars. But that just means the cast, the, the people that they didn't show aren't all stars. They they were just showing a few of their all stars. <laughs> I just it just seems like such a weird way to mark. Like, could you imagine? Could you imagine if like for the Sora announcement, he, he like they go through like half of the roster and then just go and introducing Sora. <laughs> I mean, they kind of did. <laughs> they they showed they showed the inkling looking at the fire. They showed Mario grabbing the keyblade. Yeah, and then they introduced Sora. They didn't go through like half of the roster. Like, and here's Patrick Star, and here's SpongeBob, and here's Top, and here's Michelangelo, and here's um, I don't know. There was like a few others, and just oh yeah, and here's Garfield. Garf- Garfield enters uh, has entered the chat. Do you reckon that they knew what they were doing when they called it Nickelodeon All Stars, and they didn't have the soundtrack? The song from Smash Mouth in it. <laughs> I I don't think so at all. I I think I think they were just trying to ride off the coattails of the very fantastic PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. Oh, part of me misses that game. Part of me wonders why I ever played it. I played that game too much. Oh, we've touched on this before. I swear we've touched on this. We're, we're, we have. Just... <laughs> Meet me online with my level nine hundred ninety nine Jack. Yeah, that's right. You played Jack. So I played Kratos and we had a discussion about it. Yeah, man. What a what a time. <laughs> that, it was a simpler time. That that was a thing that existed. <laughs> I, I did enjoy playing um, you know, having it on my Vita so I could play with uh you know, other people on their on their PS3. And I, I didn't need I didn't need to borrow a controller. I had my own. Yeah, um you you're on the superior console, you could play it anywhere. It's true. It's true. And I did. I did play it anywhere. <laughs> The Vita, um, the Vita means life. <laughs> yeah, me, 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 and the ten other Vita, Vita people out there. <laughs> one, one day holler, I'll bring that up to eleven for you. I'll, yeah. I'll buy another Vita so I can rejoin you in that cult. <laughs> Have a little convention, little meet and greet with the other people who are in Vitas around the world. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 I'm glad that they're adding DLC. I don't think it'll help. I think the problems with All Star Brawl are bigger than just like. I, I don't it's too think big the problems, for Garfield. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the problems would be fixed by just Garfield being in the game. Um, Mondays, am I right? Yeah, Mondays, am I right? Voice acting, am I right? <laughs> Multiverses has already taken all of its thunder. It has. Yeah, yet is it? It, it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> the fa- it, it's its announcement just ate its lunch. Yeah, like there are yeah. so few people. Like I, I'm, I'm still kind of waiting. For a story where someone streaming All Star Brawl was just, is just going to start streaming like pay per view matches on Twitch just because the mods don't bother with something that has such a low view count, like um like the artifact controversy from a couple of years ago. Do you guys remember that? I I do not actually. Oh okay, so so um artifact the Dota two card game that oh the one that got cancelled absolutely dead just super super dead now um that had such a tank in player rating that. At one stage, particularly before it came out, it, it was hyped and it was actually like quite high up on on Twitch in terms of games played. But the the um the ratings for it tanked so hard uh, so hard after it came out that no one was watching it on Twitch, which meant that the mods didn't really patrol um chats for Artifact or streams for Artifact because they were so small compared to all the other games people were playing. And so <laughs> what what people started doing is they started 
opening up artifact streams and then just streaming like pay-per-view MMA fights and things and just like just like pirated movies and it was just all the shit that you normally can't get away with on Twitch and they did this for like I think it was like a week before Twitch caught on to what they were doing just because there were so few people watching that those that did <laughs> you can yeah I, I'm, I'm sure I, I feel like after that's happened Twitch is gonna be more on top of that happening Maybe, but then they also got their entire website owned like a month ago, so, you know, you win some, you lose some. true. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I don't think this will help. I think it's cute that Garfield's in this. I think the, the lack of voice acting is going to mean that it's kind of doesn't matter. Um, I think you were saying before the show that his, his main stage is like a thing of lasagna? Yeah, it's just a big bowl of lasagna with two pizzas floating over it. As the Whoa, pizzas. Good. What's, what's on the pizzas, though? It... It all I think it was pepperoni, crust. actually. But were they were they stuffed crust? Was it, was it? Okay, hear me out. Lasagna, lasagna stuffed crust pizza. No. Garfield stuffed crust pizza. <laughs> Chris Pratt's voice specifically stuffed oh, crust okay, pizza. Okay, the, the pizza has uh, pepperoni and mushrooms. I don't know how I feel about that. Like like one one's just mushroom, yeah. one's just pepperoni. I feel like no no pure it's sprinkled across. Than... It's sprinkled oh, across. No pure pepperoni better than pepperoni and mushroom i i like it i like chicken and uh, mushroom yeah no chicken and mushroom good but pepperoni and mushroom yeah no it's good idea, suboptimal yeah. um, he just seems like a fun guy at that point <laughs> can we move on can we kick yeah, steve next and- <laughs> week can we bring josh back and kick steve <laughs> yeah if if you'd like to bring no. josh back and kick steve let us know <laughs> watch i'm the talent of this out i'm the talent of this outfit <laughs> would you like to see would you like to see steve fast travel out of the lounge let us know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm making this a two-man show with me and Josh next week. Good luck. <laughs> Understandable. But before but before we get to next week, we should talk about the Matrix uh, putting a tech demo on late-gen consoles. Yeah, um, newest-gen consoles are getting a Matrix Unreal Engine 5 experience coming around the time the Game Awards are happening. I think it's uh, being revealed at the Game Awards. Yeah, they're, like they're, they're announcing what the tech demo is going to... Yeah, I guess they're just revealing the tech demo at the Game Awards. Yeah, I think it's going to be some sort of like storytelling tie-in with the movie that's coming out. Is the movie actually out already? Uh, Not here. No, here it comes it, out Boxing Day, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, same, same over here. Yeah, so this is probably like a, a marketing thing to like get towards the movie coming out and like do some sort of... Uh, crossover tie-in with it but um i'm 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 kind of excited for it because i think this will show what unreal engine 5 can do for cinemas yeah well i mean all of the um well cinemas aside all of all of the tech demos that i've seen for unreal 5 have been freaking cool yeah Yeah, they've all been fantastic it's it's really impressive what they can do with that engine Mm. oh so so it's the matrix experience is coming out the game awards is that Okay. Yeah. So yeah. if you want to know uh, what it's like to be in the Matrix, tune into the Game Awards. Yeah. Um. It's also available for pre-download, so you can put it on your PS5 and Xbox Series consoles. God, I hate that. By the way, it's called the Xbox X. But it's for both. It's uh, wait. What did you say? Xbox X. Yeah, the Xbox X and the Piss Station Five, right? <laughs> okay. Piss no, no. 5. It's 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 the X Xbox. But yes. Um. <laughs> it, you can you can pre-download it on the PS5 and the Xbox consoles right now. Um, so once it, it's probably going to be available after the Game Awards is over, and they're showing the sneak preview there, so just, uh, you can get it on there now, ready. I'm going to so, set it up so to download if, So if by some miracle you listen to this before the Game Awards <laughs> show tomorrow, <laughs> yeah. be sure to tune in and check it out. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, I, I should have prefaced this by it'll be too late when you hear this, yeah. like I did with some of my other news a few weeks back. Just optimistically telling viewers what they can look forward to in the next 48 hours. <laughs> yeah. God, it's not even that, it's like the next 12. Oh, yeah, for, for the Game Awards it is, yeah. Uh, no, that's cool. I, yeah, I am actually excited to, to see what that looks yeah, like. I, once once this is done, I might just go pre-download it. Yeah, Maybe. I think I might do the same. Um, I'm not really sure what it's going to be, to be honest. but it, it, It'll probably be like a two to five minute video. I don't see it being too long, but it, it, it should be something very cool. And uh, so so obviously Keanu Reeves being in you know, the Matrix, but it, what are they calling it? Re- resurrection? Resurrection? Yeah, Resurrection. Yeah, I was going to say Reload. No, they've already done that. No, you're right. I'm pretty sure it's Resurrection. What was the what was the quote that he did for, for um, when he was on Cyberpunk? Uh, uh, wake breath up, taking. Samurai? You're breathtaking. Yeah, you're breathtaking. You know what's not breathtaking? This next story. Boom. Segue. Was, Love it. <laughs> that was the <laughs> hardest you worked for a segue, nothing, dude. <laughs> nothing but alley-oops this episode. <laughs> Josh is going to look color. back on this and cry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, no, we should we should probably talk about uh, the state of QA in um, uh, with COD Warzone. We did it, boys. We got Activision on the news again. Yeah, they the gift that just won't stop giving. <laughs> they, no matter I'm how much we ask, been on all of our episodes so far. Oh, uh, that's like not Chris the consistency Pratt. we want. Yeah, like Chris Pratt, <laughs> like like all of us except Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> the actual the actual story, um, Activision Blizzard. Well, specifically, um, uh, was it Raven? Raven that's running um, some uh, arm Raven of, team. of uh, they're, Call they're of running Duty? the Warzone developing. Yeah, so they decided that QA was overrated. No, no, Raven didn't decide this. Activision did. Oh, okay. I I misunderstood. I thought I thought this was just Activision with Activision Blizzard's blessing. I didn't realize that. Raven with just passengers. Would you like me to take over for this one? Please. So Activision has fired a bunch of uh, QA testers from uh, uh, Raven Software. So Raven has done a walkout in support of those QA testers that got laid off. From what I hear, some of these fires might have been because they were on Twitter asking people for video evidence of what was wrong with the war zone. So, like, they could address what was happening. (laughs) Like, the QA testers doing their jobs. But because they had hey, I work on, uh, I'm a QA tester on Call of Duty Warzone in their bio. Activision told them, take that out of the bio. You're you're representing us as a company, even though nowhere on there they said any they were affiliated with Activision in any way. Like, they weren't saying, hey, Activision supports us. So, but um, Activision didn't like that this was happening and fired a bunch of QA testers. 30%, wasn't it? Something like that, yes. Something stupidly hot, yeah. Because you know, when yeah. I when I think of the state of the games development industry or just you know software engineering in general, I always think how there's always an overabundance of testing resources. Yeah, no games that come out at this stage just perfectly fine. There's no bugs. They're <laughs> yeah. all perfect. We haven't we haven't seen any evidence of there being of there needing more QA time on any of the games that have come out recently. Not at all. Uh, especially not for fourteen and their server issues. Oh <laughs> uh, no, that's that's shitty. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of double shitty because, like, I'm I think I think the majority of people that work in games development in North America are on contracts where they can be fired at pretty much any time anyway, just because it's easier doing contract work than it is to actually take a full time position at a company. Yeah, and there's um there's no unions over there to help the developers get somewhere further. 
it it's all really shitty business practices there. I mm. I do not envy them in the slightest for working in those conditions. No. And like my heart goes out to them. I'm really glad that Raven Software is like taking a stance against Activision for this as well. Like good on them for sticking up for the QA testers. Yeah. I mean I <clears throat> I actually worked as QA, um, not in the games industry, but in software. Uh for six, seven months. Not that long, but long enough to know that generally you need more QA than less. Yeah, <laughs> less, yeah. less yeah, QA, yeah. Gen- generally generally pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, from everything I've heard, especially in like games testing, it's usually just doing the same thing or just trying to break it. And it's very um <laughs> easy. Very tedious. <laughs> oh yeah, that yeah, easy and tedious. No, 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 sorry. Easy easy to break is what I meant. It's it's easy oh, to yeah, break something that isn't properly QA tested. Yeah. Sorry, I completely fucked my point there. <laughs> but yeah, no, developers, great at writing code, not so great at thinking outside the box about what, you know, average Joe might do with the code that you write. And games development, whoa, I would have a field day being a QA in some of those places. But yeah, no, shitty that they're deciding that, no, 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 we, we don't want less bugs in games, let's just ship them faster. Yeah, um, actively going out and looking for the bugs now that is in players' hands is frowned upon, apparently, by Activision. God forbid they try and do an efficient use of their time and, you know, save the company money. Deliver yeah. a better playing experience for people. You've got to do what you've got to do sometimes. Uh, now there will be the QA testers, the players. Yeah, well, I mean, it's actually that's... their it's their 100 IQ move to save money to just to just crowdfund QA testing. Yeah. No, no, no. Just they, go... they 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 pay Activision Blizzard to QA test. They pay money for the game, <laughs> and then they get free QA testing. They're just going to go onto the front page of Reddit each day. But they go, oh look, all of these bugs are there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you got to report report to us today, Internet? Um, do do you think because we got uh what are we at three three weeks? Three or four weeks before Christmas, New Year's. Do you think we're going to get any good news stories out of Activision Blizzard? God, no. But a bit of Christmas nah. cheer. The, the best, of, the best news we're getting about Activision around Christmas is that they're giving their workers an extended Christmas break. Which, I mean, even that's just <laughs> to try and sweep under the rug all the other shit that's been going on at Activision Blizzard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no one can complain genuine. about bad working conditions if no one's working. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> true. Big, big brain, big brain. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I I feel like it's probably one of those situations where it's kind of like, they make the stand, and we applaud them for making the stand, but I don't, I don't know that making a stand will be enough. Like, it seems... Activision has continually shown that no, making a stand is not enough. Yeah, that's. I think that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like you know, we we can applaud Raven for for taking a stand, but they're also they also seem to be kind of powerless to actually change the the, the decision making process here, which sucks. Yeah, it sucks a to- It sucks a lot. I almost wanted to use the segue. The segue. Speaking of sucks, but probably no, not. No, use that. no, no, don't. <laughs> God, that would have been Speaking horrible. Speaking of Smash players. <laughs> uh, the final, final thing on the fuck. You're trying to find a good way to segue to this news topic, aren't you? I was, and I gave up. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, final, the final thing in our, in our two-part shit sandwich uh, for the end of the news segment. Um, Sony uh, has fired... Actually, I don't know. The, I don't remember this guy's title. He was high up. He he was like a, a, a something, a, vice, something president, vice president, vice president right? of yeah. PSN. Yeah, God, I don't know. I'm I'm not even going to say his name partially just because I don't want to. I don't really give a shit. But yeah, no. Apparently, um, being vice president of PSN, 
uh, and a pedophile has a pretty good overlap with this guy. Um, absolutely horrific. The like, not not to make light of this, but the way he was caught is kind of funny because it was by a amateur YouTube sting operation. Yeah, and they do the type of things like the Chris Hansen videos back in the day, but they yeah. do a very amateur version. Of they that. they've nabbed a few high profile. Well, I mean, I say they. I I don't know if it's the same group or not, but I mean, even there were, there were a few even um, high profile YouTubers that got done in amateur stings in a similar kind of way. Yeah, so uh, people yeah. versus Preds busted. Um, the vice president of PSN for um, uh, trying to groom a 15-year-old. Which, there's there's a screenshot of, or I guess a tweet of, you know, this happening and this being reported initially. And the guy has a fucking PS, either PS5 or PSN shirt on. It's PS5. It's, it's just astounding. Like, yeah. oh, I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I just, I guess I just don't get it. I don't want to get it, but just at face value, I don't get it. Like, <laughs> you're just asking to get linked with your work at that point. Like, I don't, I just, I don't get it. Um, I don't really know if how I much more it, we can add to the story. Yeah, it's, um, it might be one, one I, of those things I where you the closest shirt near him. I yeah. applaud Sony for immediately terminating the guy as soon as this came out. Yeah. Like, the reports came out that this guy was caught. Immediately, Sony took action and got rid of him. Yeah, yeah. which and they've probably got like no option. Well, th- even if they didn't have, even <laughs> if this was sort of swept under the rug, they probably would have been like, "Nah, see you later, big, I... big fella." All that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I, hope. I, I, I don't think this is a no option scenario. I think this is just a we're going to proactively fire pedophiles. <laughs> I think, I think yeah, that's probably yeah. a, a fair point to hold when you're when you're I a mean... large, um, when you're a large like entity specifically where a lot of your market is underage kids. Rolling back to Activision, uh, they're, they're clearly not doing anything about the sexual abuse claims that are coming out of that company. So so it'd be pretty concerning if it, this came out from Sony and there was no action either. Yeah. Really ending on a high, huh? It's the second week in a yeah. row that it's just been, let's just finish on a shit news story. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it it's these have been like the, t- the biggest news story of the week, which is why. But yeah, also, I, like, yeah, I know. man, man, welcome, what a bummer. Welcome back to the depression cast. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, do you have any final thoughts on it, Steve? Otherwise, probably going to wrap news up. Uh, nah, not really. Like, the PlayStation did the right thing. If we're getting to a point where it's like, yeah, cool, if we could actively go out and get these type of people um, before they cause any damage, how good, but yeah, like that, that, that stuff will all come out later. Yeah, um, like, you can't, you can't kind of, like, um, overview every employee's social life, so it, it takes something like this to out um, these people, yeah. and... It, it, I'm glad that it's been outed so that this person can be taken out of a position of power and uh, hopefully some legal action gets taken against them. Apparently, um, the police won't do anything with the People vs. Preds uh, YouTube channel. Um, something about, like, the, the police the just The way they not... obtained evidence and things. Yeah. I think I've heard some talk about that a while ago yeah yeah that the way they've the way they've gone about handling the situation isn't compliant with how uh police take the evidence which is why these people do just out them publicly on youtube which good like expose these people get ruin their lives please see the 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 crazy thing just i guess my final thought on it is that it makes sense that action was taken this way because an outside source outed them if this 
I'm not saying if this would have come up at Activision Blizzard, they'd sweep it under the rug, but I wouldn't be as shocked if, maybe not pedophilia, but if something came up and we only hear about it, you know, years down the track of, hey, oh yeah, no, we did an internal investigation in December 2021 and a couple of our executives were just actual yeah. shitbags. But we just didn't yeah. do anything about it because only internal sources knew. And I think that's a horrendous state of affairs to be in. But that is kind of where I'm at, especially with Activision Blizzard. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, that's what I think as well. A lot of companies just sort of sweep this stuff under the rug because got to make that money and share prices will go down if this is added so but my stonks yeah i don't know uh any other any other thoughts well we're just gonna close it up i think we're safe to close it up there yeah, yeah close that cool well that finishes the news depressingly for whatever week this is now in a row uh but uh i know we i know we mentioned um game awards being tomorrow but i figure maybe we'll just do because we i know that we've been talking about doing like a look back over 2021 episode we could do a bit of game rewards discussion now if you, if you guys are really feeling it but i was thinking we just save it maybe we get josh back in on it as well yeah yes. save it get josh back in it and we'll have the um who actually won and we can sort of just dogpile on that because uh our games didn't win i sort of you. feel like discussions like this that's it's going to be um you know there'll be the I would have picked this in the category and then just I would have picked this that wasn't yeah. even nominated. And so I think <laughs> yeah. I, I think an episode um maybe next week maybe you know I think I think once to it, be... I think once uh, we're out of the year like yeah. let, I don't think there's any major games coming up for the rest of the year but like doing a look back uh after the year's done makes more sense to me. Yeah. What yeah, do you mean Temtem for this coming out for the Xbox any day now? Next week. Game of the year sure. bro. Game of the year. That's the big um, announcement they're doing it. Yeah, yeah, that that uh, that's that the Unreal Five it. tech demo. That, that's why I'm yeah. that's why I'm telling you we got to wait till after the year's over because then it gives time yeah. for Temtem to come out on Christmas. Keanu Reeves walks out on the Game Rewards stage, presents Temtem and Unreal Five. Yeah, um, and it's not on Game Pass. So I'm not going to touch it. I, I <laughs> thought it might be interesting to talk about the Game Awards, like just a little bit of what we expect. But at the same time, it's in 12 hours, and this episode's yeah, coming no out point. after the Game Awards is yeah. going to happen. So, yeah. <laughs> To yeah, the, point, to the one listener that wanted our thoughts before we knew about the results, um, good luck. <laughs> you can <laughs> ask us. Uh, you can ask us within the next couple of hours, personally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if if you if you somehow hear this uh, from the future, feel free to come back in time and tell us in the next you know couple hours, and we'll be sure to be sure to include that into into the next recording. Um, but yeah, I, I figure that's where we'll probably wrap up the news for this yeah. week. Uh, we do have another audience question though. Uh, aside from all of the where is josh we actually have one from friend of the podcast tom uh he asks do you think COVID 19 and lockdowns have had an effect on the way games are released or monetized start with you steve what do you think uh definitely i'd say they have we're probably seeing the tail end of the delays happening now um because all the games that came out like this year and last year and even maybe even the start of next year we're pretty much already the 75 80 percent finished so it's probably easy for them to sort of push them out of a line or just sort of delay them as they as it happened but probably games that were more at the 25 50 percent stage like where it was writing or a lot of creative processes need to be done and maybe even a, some of the testing with some early concepts as well needed to be done we'll probably see a lot of those delays coming through now uh some people are saying it might lead to some sort of weird period of 2022 2023 maybe even a bit of 2024 when there's like a big dry spell of games so that sort of gets 
resolved and things get picked it back up. Uh, but yeah, it's the nature of the unprecedented times. Yeah, so no, you've touched I, on you've touched on the development side. Do you have any thoughts on the monetization side? I hate to say it. I hate to fucking say it because it brings out the cynic in me. Battle pass. But I reckon. Yeah, it's it. We're just going to see a lot more games going free to pay, a lot more predatory. Free to pay. When it comes to... <laughs> Is that a deliberate <laughs> choice play. of words? That's fantastic. Free to pay. Yes, um, the best pun I did all day. Uh, I yeah, I maybe I'm a cynic just because Halo Infinite's battle pass is atrocious. It's just a very easy way for companies to make money, especially when they might be having some a bit of downtimes because of lockdowns or games getting delayed. It's a very easy way to be like, oh, look, our game will go free to play, but you can buy a cool skin for $10. Everyone's like, oh, it's just $10. Let's just play it. So you think it'll be like cosmetic battle pass monetization? You don't think it'll be like pay to win? I'm looking at some of the stuff on um, the Halo marketplace is just getting posted recently as like five to fifteen dollars for a flower or a knife on your chest yeah yeah i i look into the store because i pray that they've given out free stuff because i think like on their first week they did like a weird purple and red and white yeah red um, white and blue uh yeah red white and blue yeah yeah born in the usa um but yeah like it pay to win never really works everybody sort of dog piles on things and people don't play it but Pokemon Unite would disagree with you haven't they sort of changed that balance to sort of go anyway it's a Pokemon Unite discussion <laughs> welcome back don't to the Pokemon Unite podcast <laughs> yeah um, they've got a winter event maybe we should play um, but it, realistically yeah we're going to see a lot more games come out that are going to go with that free to pa- free to play <laughs> uh, customization model and maybe even loot boxes as well um, but that's with a heavy caveat with that loot boxes in the um i think it's the eu recently lost a pretty bad law i think it was ea lost a lawsuit on like they can't really give out um loot boxes with games rated under i think it was like their version of like 15 plus yeah yeah in the eu specifically yeah because it counts as gambling Gambling. Um, and i know in the us as well they're starting to look at that as well because it's that weird sort of thing where it's like video games are for kids it's a surprise mechanic gambling yeah, it's a you fucking boomer. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, I, yeah. Imagine paying fifty dollars on something you don't even get like the the a rare item or something like it just yeah. infuriates me. Yeah. What about you, Josh? Josh is thank you, Josh. Fella. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, no, just <laughs> yeah, you know, just just in case he's he's got thoughts on it. I guess I guess we're just he implicitly agrees with it. that's fine. What about you, sir? Yeah, uh, on the monetization side, I don't think that COVID's actually had any effect on it. I like the industry trends have been going this way for quite a while with the battle passes and the uh, monetization schemes. So COVID didn't really have an effect on those. Those were always just kind of around, but in terms of development, yeah, I'm, I'm with Steve on that. I don't think we're going to see any lols next year or 2024. I think, um, uh, sorry, 2023. Um, I, I think we're through the thick of it when it comes to, a weird gap between AAA releases. Um, Sony's looking pretty strong already next year. They've got um, Horizon, Gran Turismo, and God of War all lined up pretty pretty well. Uh, a few things are still getting delayed here and there, but they seem to be more for... Well, it's, it's obviously for COVID and quality assurance it, through like those sort of things. But... um. 
yet uh, we're not seeing it as much as I think we were earlier. And yeah, uh, I think we're we're through the thick of it, and we're going to start seeing a more steady stream of um, AAA and maybe even AA games coming through soon. I I think the industry is back on a recovery road. What about you, Pat? What do you think? I'm sort of in two minds about it, eh? Because we saw that uh, the lockdown on on one hand, you know, obviously it's a lot harder to develop these things where you'd typically be in a studio where it's just easier to get a lot of work done, or at least that's my very other other side of the world and software engineering job perception of just getting work done generally in, in the middle of COVID lockdown. But um, we've also seen that uh, because people have been spending a lot more time at home that we have had kind of the the rise of the the twitch streamer where their primary income Mm. source is video games so i actually don't know what i think uh covid's done to the monetization efforts i think they've i think covid has made gaming more accessible and more um uh it's not not even really that had a stigma but just like more people are into gaming now than before covid i don't I don't have any stats on that. It just kind of feels like that's sort of the case that I actually think this is probably going to do quite good things because traditionally you'd have a fairly cyclic release pattern of, you know, triple a game, you know, in whatever series, be it card, be it battlefield, be it Assassin's Creed. And you just kind of get that year on year. But I feel like a lot of the publishers that are smart will see that because a lot of people, are either looking at content related to games or actively making content to do with games that hopefully, if their studios aren't in a precarious financial position, that they see this as a chance to start taking a few more of the risks because I don't think I'm going to say anything too controversial when at least from really big publishers, the last couple of years haven't exactly been stellar for new creative ideas. Um, it's norm- it's been mostly left to the sort of double A down to indie to, to come up with the the freshness in the in the game whoa 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 i'm not gonna sit here and hear you say that the most innovative company in the world ubisoft that's been putting out (laughs) the pioneering open world game i'm not going to say that the past six far cry games have been the same we we just had a 20 minute conversation trying to figure out if halo was going to be the exact carbon copy of a ubisoft (laughs) clone and and both of those are indie games, so I don't know what you guys are bitching about. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm super optimistic about the state of gaming. I just I I want I want the outlook, or I want the retrospective when we return to normal, as we've been saying for the past twenty bloody months. That hey, it's a two week lockdown, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fourteen days to to stop the spread. Um, yeah, I, I I want us to look back on this and go, man, it it. Uh, it was because of the amount of gaming that people did that we now have a more flourishing games industry than before. So my my day job um, is is more in software engineering for something like cinema. Cinema just kind of got got fucked in COVID because there's not really a good not really a good replacement for it. But uh, gaming, I'm more optimistic about. And monetization, I'm not sure. I think it's also going the way of trying to make it more accessible, and that unfortunately means more kind of freemium incentives like the battle pass system and whatever words you want to use that make it a battle pass without it being a battle pass like your daily incentives to play and you know your in-game currency that you can earn to spend on cosmetics and stuff but 
yeah, I'm not a big fan of those. If anything, I'd rather pay money to have them removed. But yeah, no, 100%. I, yeah. I, I see that being the prevailing trend, especially with the rise in, in casual gaming. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Do you reckon? Oh, especially since, like, what, Next Gen launched last year and we still don't really have any... Like, the Halo came out, like, a year after. Um, we've got Forza as well, and the PS5 has Demon Souls and... Whatever they've got. Ratchet and Returnal. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a game. Uh, <laughs> are we still sort of worried that because of the big semiconductor shortage, that because there isn't that many games being... Sorry, that just because a lot of people don't really have the next-gen consoles that they might be sort of holding back a bit? See, the funny thing about that is that the PS5 is actually in a better position than the PS4 was in terms of sales in a similar time frame. It just makes you wonder, though, if there, this wasn't going on, what would sales look like? I I think the... Yeah, so I, I, I see where you're coming from. I think the one extra point on that is that uh, you have to remember that because companies like companies have, have put a shit ton of money into the R&D for these consoles, right? Like, a lot of the cost in the developing the PS5 and things, that's already that's already sunk. Like, they've, they, they've, they've already spent that money. So... They <clears throat> so they become incentivized to ship those consoles because they've already sunk that money into it. That um, yeah, it's kind of PS5 sort of in a weird spot where everyone wants one, no one can get one, and there aren't there isn't a huge catalog of games for it. But I I don't think Sony looks at that and goes, we should be focusing on PS4. I think they will continue pressing forward on the assumption that eventually things like the semiconductor shortage and the supply of PS5s in general will catch up because if they spend if they invest the money in the PS5s now eventually people will get a PS5 but I don't think people that don't have a PS4 now are going to go out and suddenly buy a PS4 just because a game came out on it yeah um that's that's what I'm trying to get at yeah. as well is that um in terms of like actual sales data the PS5 is that the PS5 in its first year of release has actually sold more than the PS4 did in the PS4's first year of release. So, like, in a similar time frame, there's more PS5s out there than there were PS4s, and we're in we're still in this area of uh, everything's still going to be cross-gen mm. uh, for at least the next six yeah. months. And I feel like that's kind of annoying if you're someone that was an early adopter for the new consoles. But, um... I think it's only I, I I think it's only annoying if you if you didn't have the previous console though. No, I I sorry think if it, if you did sorry if you did have the previous console. Um, no, I I think even if you did just jump into the newest gen from like if like let's say you skipped the PS4 and Xbox yeah. One generation and you just got one of the new ones, I think uh, you'd still be in an annoying place where there's nothing like new to play because a lot of stuff from last gen was on pc anyway let's assume that you were playing on pc last gen and like you wanted to try out the new consoles because like all the marketing has been going towards hey look at the right SSD, so you're, you're basically just speaking to me right now that's cool yeah <laughs> yeah to, to you specifically <laughs> yeah to me specifically um everyone else just just block block your ears real quick seth and i are just gonna have a, a quick chat um, um i I, th- I do think it'd be kind of annoying to not have something that really showcases what the console can do on its own outside of like a small handful of games and looking in the near future there's still nothing to look forward to like 
the only thing I can think of announced right now that's purely next gen is Spider Man, and that's I think that's got a release date of twenty twenty three. Which so that's like still a whole year and a bit away. Um, we we know that um got uh, we know that God of War is going to be cross gen. Um, yeah. there's there's no way that they made that decision because of COVID or anything. I feel like that was always in the plans. But I feel like COVID pushed back that game, and we were meant to get, we were we were probably meant to get that out of the way by March, which is where I feel like the cutoff point should have been for cross-gen games like this. Yeah, no, that's 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 yeah. a good point. Yeah, no, you're right with that. So yeah, kind of annoyed. There's no like, COVID's affected us in that way, but um, what can you do? It, we'll we'll it get watch we'll Twitch. Get them. What it is? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> listen to podcasts. Yeah, yeah, listen yeah. to my podcasts. Come listen to the Fast <laughs> Barrel Lounge where we complain about Activision and beg Chris Pratt to acknowledge us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where we, we simp for Chris Pratt, shit on Activision Blizzard, and try and derail Seth while talking about what sound like legitimately good games. <laughs> <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God. The holy please, trinity. Please listen. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's... I think that, that probably ties off the discussion quite nicely. If... Um, uh, to those of you listening and you're thinking man it would be great if they talked about what I want them to talk about tell us what you want us to talk about feel free to send us an email we're at uh, just at gmail.com uh, I'm sure you could also tweet at us um, lounge minus one of the L's the one that the, the I assume Riot stole um, <laughs> I think I think that's the, the social plugs done did I miss any? no just our Facebook Oh, and our Facebook. Who in this generation cares about Facebook? Yeah, you know, the, the, the best, um, the, the leading podcast platform, Facebook. <laughs> That's where I get all my spicy memes. <laughs> uh, where we are also um, fast travel lounge. Um, do you want Josh to return next week? Let us know. <laughs> do you want Josh to stay away next week? Also let us know. Um, no, I think this, uh, yeah, this brings us to the end of episode six for fast travel lounge. Um Thank you for joining. Take us away, Josh. I'm kidding. He's not here. Still not here. No, we'll see you next week. 